crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Yes, it's time once again for another Big Fake Radio Show. Joining me as always is new Larry, Kevin Jank. Gee, Dad, how long till they plug her? You know, a little of the old in out. <laughs> that is a quote from the movie we're watching today. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard from 1976, starring uh, Candace Rylson, right? That's her name. The, the yeah. same lady from Chatterbox that we loved <laughs> last week. So she's back. Yeah, you didn't even let the grass grow on that one at all. <laughs> no, we got to keep going. <laughs> and when I found this movie on, uh, this movie's on Tubi as well. Like beneath uh, all the recommended pictures at the bottom of the screen there, they all look like winners. We only have to plow through all. <laughs> they look pretty awesome. But also, uh, jo- also they're horror movies. movies. We're going to have to wait till after Shocktober. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I guess, <laughs> yeah, Shocktober. All right, so also joining us is my personal attorney, spiritual advisor, Telvi. This is not a film about the human condition. This is a film about tits and ass. <laughs> That's right. There are a lot of good lines in this movie, actually. Yes, there were. <laughs> I actually had a couple other ones in mind, and you didn't say them. Now I can't remember what they were. But, uh, yeah. Something about uh, a midget lady and a worm. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, uh, that went down. this uh, movie agent uh, guy. Uh, someone looking for an Amazon woman to do an act with a python. And he says he has a midget yeah. lady with a worm. <laughs> or uh, I think the other one I had was, now your motivation here is you're trying to kill 3,000 3, Asiatic soldiers <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So there it is, Hollywood Boulevard. We'll get into that later. And uh, right before the show, Jank was telling me he has a lot of content for this, this evening. <laughs> he, he put a together. whole wheelbarrow full. <laughs> because uh hey Tuffy joined us for flea market fantasy on uh thursday night we recorded that and we were like we were like hey fellas what are we going to do on the show saturday because we're doing it saturday this week because uh Tuffy was busy yesterday we'll get into that in a second but uh we're like hey what are we going to do and i said oh i don't know i'll come up with something i'll do it i'll come up with the top 11 or something you know and then uh i even like carved out time today to do it like, i didn't really have much to do today and I didn't do it. I just, I, <laughs> I just took a nap. Got, yeah. I got nothing. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think I've tapped out on top of that. Like, who gives a fuck, really? Really? We're going to get down to it. <laughs> who gives a fuck? <laughs> but I don't know. It's the spirit. True. I couldn't come up with anything. But. I hear tell Jank might have, well, I have top 11 check it out episodes in the holster. Anytime. No, 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 no. <laughs> Anytime you want those. We'll get desperate enough for that one day. <laughs> but, uh, Jank, would you like to tease what your top 11 is? Uh, it's going to be a top 11 Conan O'Brien bits or characters. Oh, All right. Hell That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Cause back in the day, you know, uh, when, when did he start? Like 94, somewhere around there? Uh-oh. Uh, I think. 92, maybe? All right. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. 93, 94, somewhere around there. Yeah, right about when I was getting out of high school or whatever. Because, you know, I was a Letterman guy. I grew up on Letterman. 
So uh, I always stayed up late watching Letterman. And then uh, when Conan took over there, I start, you know, kept watching Conan. And so I was way into Conan those first, you know, 10 years or so, <laughs> I would say. I guess I'm familiar with all his bits. I'll just say yeah, this. It's like uh, if the masturbating September bear, September 93. So we were closer. <laughs> so if the masturbating bear does not make this list, there's going to be problems. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> All right. God bless the masturbating bear. All right, so uh, that's something to look forward to. Also, uh, I got uh, one of my favorite catchphrases, sleepy champy. That, that's an old Conan O'Brien thing. I don't know if you guys remember that, but sleepy champy. All right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's, all, that's a good job there, Jenny. I'm looking forward to this. So later in the show, top 11 Conan O'Brien. I could do a top 11 Letterman bits. Yeah, from the old days, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the problem is you, uh, you're probably too much of an old Letterman. You're gonna miss the yeah. best bit is not gonna be on your list or won't be high enough. I bet. What was the best bit in your eyes? While the intern is my oh, favorite Letterman. <laughs> While the intern was good. Yeah, that is a later uh, CBS bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the old NBC days myself, but uh, CBS days were great too. I'm not a Letterman hipster, you know. I like everything, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> the NBC days were really close to my heart. <laughs> like uh, Chris Elliott, the guy under the seats. Oh, that was great. You know, <laughs> uh, anything with Chris Elliott. Was awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Jenks top 11. What a show. Holy hell. What a show. <laughs> yeah. That's at least an hour's worth of content. <laughs> <laughs> but things, uh, things could be picking up here in the future. Two weeks from today. Or not today. I don't know. I, again, I don't know how this works because we're on a Saturday, so it's probably not two weeks from today. Yeah. yeah. 13 days from today, Larry should be back on this here show. And uh, he volunteered to come back on. He, he contacted me, which is always unusual. And he says, yeah. hey, uh, I guess it'll be Friday, October 13th. So he's like, we're going to do uh, we're going to watch Friday the 13th, part four. Yeah. My favorite one. See, I think that's what Larry said. That it's the best one too. Yeah. But what makes it so I've good? Never seen it. <laughs> Ooh, you guys are in for a treat. I mean, the best part is Crispin Glover. He's just amazing. Uh, <laughs> a young, unknown Crispin Glover is so good in this movie. Um, but also, it's just a, it's a good Friday the Thirteenth movie. It follows the same formula as the other ones, but like. He doesn't even get the mask until like halfway through three, so it's kind of like okay, you're yeah. finally getting the full Jason the whole time in this one, and uh yeah, the characters are pretty, they're kind of stock, but they're memorable. There's like hot twins that they come across. Like, oh man, that's always good. Yep, <laughs> young hey, Corey yeah. Feldman. You know, Larry oh, loves that. No wonder Larry picked it. <laughs> but uh, Crispin Glover, that's a classic Letterman bit. Do you remember Crispin Glover on Letterman when he he oh, was yeah. karate kids? Throwing karate kids. <laughs> They just got life. up and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. All right. Uh, so Friday the 13th, part four, in two weeks with Larry. So that's something to look forward to. That'll be a good one. And then Tuffy, I don't know if you saw on the Facebook Messenger, but our buddy uh, Scott Baker, who's also playing WWE Champions with us, he says that he knows somebody, uh, he knows some fellas that are doing a WWE Champions podcast. Oh. And uh, he said they'd be willing to come on the show, you know, if you we want guests. 
and I said, well, I don't even really give a fuck about champions anymore. And, and I was like, yeah. uh, so I might need Larry or Tuffy to lead the way on this. And then you guys never responded, you know? So, <laughs> no, I didn't even know there was a message. When was that? I'm pretty sure you're included in this. Yeah. Um, There's a good chance I was. And I just yeah. don't check Facebook but, Messenger, but it, as you know. But here's the, cause I mean, I don't know if I want to talk about champions, but here's the thing though, Tuffy. In the past week since I was talking to Scott Baker, I don't know. I may have, uh, I've been playing a lot of champions this past week. I don't know. Like, yeah, like yeah. T- you're waking it in you. <laughs> like today and last yeah, I night. I play a lot of champions every week, but. Uh, because last night they had a, uh, a feud, you know, and I, I guess yeah. there's one going on today, but it, they had, it was the ladies, you know, so I always get to use my Oscars. So I played a bunch last night. And then, uh, also this week they were doing a thing where you could earn like an Oscar gear, you know, like a little outfit for Oscar. Yeah, but that's uh, for the Oscar you don't have though. That's exactly right, Tuffy. I did not know that. So I actually got it. I pulled it in one of Ooh. the bags or something, but I don't have her. So do I still you have the, the gear? With it? No, I just got the gear. <laughs> like I didn't get it from a pool. You got to play extra hard to get her. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't get it from a pool. I got it from like a bag from the event. Yeah. You know? So it popped up on my screen and I'm like, sweet, I got it. And then I'm like, I went to all my Oscars and I'm like, nope, doesn't work for that one. Doesn't work for that one. Doesn't work for that one. <laughs> So, yeah. um, so if well, I ever do, so I'll take the gear. Like, do you know what that gear even does? I didn't even uh, look at it. increases the multiplied gem strength by like six or something. Oh, well, she gets a plus thirteen. Well, I don't know what the new one. Yeah, I'm thinking of the old one that I have. All right, so the move set I, is you uh, <laughs> you put out a sub that those turn into trap gems, and then when you break the trap gems, you make a bunch of multiplies. All right. So, it, but my question for you, Tuffy, is theoretically I have this gear, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't see it anywhere. I don't know, but it did pop up that I pulled it out of that bag, you know? So, yeah. So if I get the Oscar, it'll just be there. Like, I'll be able to get it then. I right? would think. Yeah. Yeah. But by the time I get I'm that Oscar, sure. I'll be too old to remember that I had <laughs> the gear. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tuffy, you know what else really uh, sparked my interest in Champions League this week? I put the volume on. I've never oh, played that's with why. <laughs> I've never played with sound ever. <laughs> I've been playing that this game a for terrible five years. idea. <laughs> Do you play with the sound on? No. Yeah, see, I've never done it. And then this week I put it on. Oh, that's a nice little change. That's <laughs> a nice little change. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like uh, I'll be listening to like podcasts on my Bluetooth. And then when I switch from like the headphones to my phone speaker audio, it'll turn the sound on on champions every time you switch from one to the other. So I always end up with like one match where the sound is on. And then once you finish a match, the sound turns off again. And the sound is terrible in this game. <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> hearing the little gems break. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't know, Tuffy, would you be willing or interested in talking to people that have a WWE Champions podcast? I'll talk about Champions. I ain't All scared. Right. All right. Well, then maybe I'll see if we'll book them on the show. I think their little show is called uh, WWE Champions Chat. On uh, They got a yeah. YouTube channel and everything. So, uh, Tuffy, are you aware of these people? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you seem to... I'll have to look them up. Yeah, you seem to... I said Champions Chat. Because are you in the same... You're not in Scott's faction right he went somewhere else uh i have no idea all right yeah because he wasn't ours anybody is in these factions 
uh, he's Rensko. In the, uh, okay. He was in yeah, the, I don't know if he's still in the same one. Yeah, I think he went somewhere else. Okay. That started in Swamp People, and then he went, but I wasn't sure if he went with yours or somewhere else. All right. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, really, I should go to a different faction too, but here I am. <laughs> Dude, our, uh, I looked at the feud, like how many people, the feud leaderboard today for us or something. Only like 30 people were feuding tops, like that had points. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> uh-huh. Like that faction event for the feud. We, we, I don't even know if we hit the first milestone yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, Look, in this do? faction, it would be good if we had 40 more people who did anything, but we only have like 60 people in it. Oh, all right. And you really, I mean, need... I could go over there, you know, but, uh, I'm very limited in what I do. As long as Oscar's involved, yeah. I'll do a lot. But if not, I won't do much. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, so maybe we'll have a guest on. I don't know. Uh, booking people is always a pain in the ass. So we'll see. Um, yes. All right, so, uh, Jank, well, what's going on in your world, Jank? Uh, not a whole bunch. <laughs> oh. Usual crap. All right. Just thought I'd ask. Be polite. <laughs> I will say, Mike, yeah, my one concern about uh, these WWE champions people is they're going to come on, and I'm going to tell them how much I play, and they're going to be shocked <laughs> by it. <laughs> they have a podcast dedicated to the game, and even they will be shocked. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going to talk to me and say, you play this game for like six hours a day? Tuffy, do you already have all, like, uh, who do they release with Roxanne Perez? Do you already have Roxy? No, I usually don't get the weekend people because now, uh, like, they don't even do as many bags as they used to. So even your chances of pulling them by dumb luck has gone down. And uh, Mm. I don't really, like, I'm not going to say I don't spend a lot of money, but I don't spend as much as I was during the craziest thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you did you get Nikita Lyons or uh, Tiffany Stratton? I right? got Nikita uh, Lyons. Uh, yeah, I got Nikita Lyons. She was the month-long oh, character. Look at, but look at you. She's very good. Is Tiffany Stratton out there? Uh, I honestly don't know. The, the problem this month is it's all these NXT people, and I don't even know who they are in the first place. Well, they released Cora Jade, so Jack should get in on this. Uh-oh. Yeah. 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 Time. yeah. Come on, Jack. I mean, right now, I'm feeling me, Jack. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Clubber line kind of get Jank to join. I don't know. Core Jade yeah. will. Yeah. Hey, by, by the way, uh, Jank, I heard that uh, Liv Morgan was in some horror movie. She filmed some horror movie. Are you aware of this? Oh, nice. no, I would check that out. Yeah. yeah I'll probably me... watch it anyway without even realizing she <laughs> shows up. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah they were just, uh, you know, she's been out injured. So I guess while she's injured, she filmed some movie. And they're oh, just nice. talking about it this week. But, huh. uh, yeah, I wonder what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up here. Uh, I'm going to her Wikipedia page, but that's... Uh, Dave Morgan Horror Movie. The Kill Room, starring alongside Maya Hawk, Samuel Jackson, and Uma Thurman. Ah. Huh. wonder how Maya Hawk got that job. <laughs> I don't know what's that. What's that a reference to? I don't uh, know. Uma Thurman is her Uma mom. Thurman's daughter. Oh, right. <laughs> I was confused. I thought it was a Harvey Weinstein situation. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, well, that, okay. if you go and back far enough, that really party. might be the answer. <laughs> Joe Manganiello guy, he's in here too. Uh, he's a Penguins fan, so that guy's Our cool. With me. 
Yeah, it was in uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, so he's cool with me for that. Yeah. <laughs> Pee Wee's <laughs> new best friend. A hitman teams up with an art dealer for a money laundering scheme that unwittingly turns him into an avant-garde sensation. It doesn't sound very horrific so far. Yeah, I guess I, I assumed it was a horror movie because it was called The Kill Room, but maybe it is not a It's a mystery. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I was off on the horror part. But yeah, Liv Morgan's in the little cast list there, so how about that? That's pretty cool. Uh, it was released in the United States on September 28th. So, oh, it clearly out. made a big splash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's, uh, I got swallowed up by Saw 10. Which I still have not seen, which makes me sad. Because apparently this one's actually good, they're saying. Uh, <laughs> like the, the last kill, several. The Kill Room gets, uh, 57 on Rotten Tomatoes. 6.6 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Which is pretty high for IMDb. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> that is. Oh, so there you go. Check out The Kill Room and Liv Morgan. Yeah. Uh, All right. Why not? Uh, what else uh, is going on to discuss here at the top of the show? I broke another hockey ball this week. Five. <laughs> five times. Just five. strewing those carpses all across your car still? <laughs> yeah, I just threw it in the back <laughs> of the trunk. <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be like one of those old movies. You know, I'm driving along and the cop's behind me and he wants to pull me over because my tail <laughs> lights up. I got to open the trunk and he sees all the dead hockey balls. And then he's going to arrest me. Yeah. Then you have to kill him, too. It's the only way. <laughs> it's the only way. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's about all I was doing. What, what else? Uh, oh, uh, fantasy football. Cham is 3-0. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Dell, I can commiserate because I also left David Montgomery on the bench because I forgot to check my lineup before Thursday. Yeah, see, this David <laughs> Montgomery fella, he's been out with a thigh injury, and he was still questionable yeah. up until they said he was going to play. And I figured he'd play, but uh, I also have Jameer Gibbs, the, the other running back there. So I'm like, well, they'll probably just take it easy on Montgomery's first game back, you know. And it's a Thursday night game. <laughs> and I hate I hate playing a lot of people on Thursday night because if they suck, then you're week screwed. Yeah. So I, I already had to play Jameer Gibbs and uh, Sam Laporta. So I'm like, do I need to play three Lions on Thursday night? I'll give Montgomery a rest this week, you know, with his bum leg. He rushes the ball 30 times for 120 yards and three touchdowns. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that about? So, yeah, 33 points on my bench. I'm playing the Ryan this yeah. week. So, Tuffy, I announced earlier today on the Twitters that uh, because of that horrible decision with Dave Montgomery, I'm just going to make it fun this week. And I'm going to start mm -hmm. uh, Quentin Johnson, the rookie from San Diego, who should be starting now because Mike Williams is injured. And I had Mike Williams on my team. And then uh, Roshan Johnson, the rookie running back for the Chicago Bears. How do you feel about that, Tucker? Going, going with Rashawn Johnson. Uh, they're playing the Denver. Go well. it's they're playing go the Denver Broncos. Three. They're playing the Denver Broncos. The Broncos yeah, but, are almost as bad as the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think Roshan might be, you know, giving the ball a bit more because uh, didn't Khalil Herbert fumble last week? And uh, it seems like Roshan. I don't know. I turned the game off pretty early last week. As a Bears insider, I was hoping you could give me a lot of positive feedback on the road. Uh, well, so the game, uh, what, they started at three, three last, they were the late game last week. For some fucking reason, they decided to make the Bears Chiefs like the game of the week. 
yeah. and NASCAR started at two thirty. So I was kind of flipping between the Bears and NASCAR, mostly watching the Bears. And then they were down twenty four to nothing, and they got the ball with like two <laughs> minutes left in the first half. So I thought, all right, I'll watch the two minute drill here. Maybe we get a field goal out of it, score some <laughs> points, and like. I don't know if it was the first play or the second play. Justin Fields throws an interception, and I was like, that's it for today. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, the Bears are struggling pretty bad. But uh, Denver just gave up 70 points. You know, they yeah. can't tackle anybody. And I think this I could mean, they're be... going to go from – this is going to be – this has got to be, by the end of the day Sunday, the biggest swing week to week of points allowed in the history of the NFL. <laughs> I think the Bears are going to show up this week. I think they're going to show up. I don't yeah. know why, uh, but just remember last year, Justin Fields sucked out of the gate, too, because I, I had him on my fantasy team last year because I was looking for a quarterback, and he was terrible the first few weeks, and I cut him, and then by, like, week five, he just went nuts. So well, maybe, I think here's the problem is uh, last week, Justin Fields kind of figured out, like, oh, hey, I can just run the ball, and then defense has figured out, oh, he's just going to run the ball, and if we don't <laughs> let him run, he can't throw it. So just don't let him run. I don't. I just have a feeling like uh, Rashawn Johnson's going to have a nice game against the the Broncos. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have other guys yeah, I, mean, I can play. These aren't like the guys I need to play. I have better, more proven people ahead of them. But I'm like, you know what? Let's make it fun. <laughs> Let's make it fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I got a my decision for the week is uh, Jared Allen against Miami. For Tua Tagovola against Buffalo, I got a head-to-head choice here. Yeah, you mean Josh Allen? You keep calling him Jerry Allen. Or Josh all those Allen. Yeah, years of scarring of a Minnesota Viking defensive end yeah. down, killing the Bears. Uh, Josh Allen versus Tua Tagovailo, and they're playing each other, right? Yes, they are. Where's the game? Uh, at Buffalo, I think. Yeah, I'd go Allen. Yeah. yeah. Again, everyone thinks the Dolphins are unstoppable because they ripped up the Broncos last week. But the Broncos are awful. Yeah, but that's the Broncos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're you know? terrible. I mean, <laughs> so we'll see. The, the Man, Bills defense. I just realized really uh, my other team, I have uh, Justin Fields as my starting quarterback. And I was just thinking, like, you know what? Maybe I'll just bench him. But uh, Jared Goff is my backup, and he's already fucking played this week. <laughs> yeah, <now>. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to pay attention to this time. I think you're going to be fine with uh, Justin Fields this week. That's my prediction, Tappy, right here. I mean, if you're not fine with him this week, I'm not going to be fine with him any week. So at least I'll know after this week if I can ever start him again. And uh, Sean Leahy is also 3-0 in, the, in our league. So uh, he and I are the only two teams undefeated so far. And he tried to trade the Ed this week. He wanted to trade uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, Michael Pittman, and someone else for Brock Purdy and Mike Evans. And the Ed turned it down. Which... Huh. I'd take Anthony Richardson and Michael Pittman over Purdy and Evans. I don't know who I don't know who most uh, of those people are. <laughs> Richardson I know who Brock Colts, Purdy is. Richardson is the Colts rookie quarterback. He's coming back from the concussion, he, but he looks dynamite. And uh yeah. now who knows he's been you injured. You can tell that that's why I'm good at fantasy football because I don't know like three of the four people you named who are starting quarterbacks or running backs or whatever the fuck they are. But the big story here is the Ed's supposed to be a Colts kid. You know, and he was offered yeah. the Colts starting quarterback and their number one wide receiver, and he turned it down. So, uh, Ed's a bum, is what I'm saying. Ed's a bum. He should. Uh, yeah. He's not a real Colts fan. So, all right. Yeah, I mean, look at me. I'm starting Justin Fields on my fantasy team. 
Yeah, I'm starting Roshan Johnson because I'm a Bears fan like Tuffy. <laughs> hey, uh, how about those Steelers? They're two and one. We were burying them after week one. Was it? They still look terrible, but they're two and one. So that's got to count for something. Yeah. Right? Well, the Steelers are two and one. How is uh, the Steelers fantasy football team doing for Larry? Uh, he's 0 and 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played Larry last week. Yeah, and I might be Larry. So, yeah, Larry's 0 and 3. But he put out a, a very uh, spirited uh, note on Twitter that he, that Independent George will be making the playoffs this year. He's guaranteed it. <laughs> 0 and 3. So. Now, now, how is this for disrespect, Mike Dell? The Bears and the Broncos are two of the, what, four or five worst teams in the NFL, for sure. Yeah. And the Bears are home against the Broncos, yeah. and the Broncos <laughs> are three-point favorites. Yeah, the Broncos just gave up 70 points, and they're a favorite yeah. against the Bears. <laughs> and they're a favorite on the road. Uh, that's That's as disrespectful as it gets. Hey, I tried to uh, open up a little uh, betting account on BetMGM right before the show because I saw yeah. some ad. They're like, hey, open up a new account, make a $10 bet, we'll give you $200 in free bets. Last I checked, $200 is way more than 10 So I'm like, all right, let's do that. So I go ahead and yeah. went to register my account there. And uh, it keeps saying, uh, verifying your details, and the little wheel keeps spinning, you know. So I'm like, I wait, 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 it's not doing anything. So I close it out, try it again, go through the registration process again. Wheel's still spinning, doing nothing. So I'm like, what the fuck? So then I tried it on my phone. Same fucking thing's happening. So then I, I look up online, like if uh, anyone else has experienced And it says, oh, it can take up to 48 hours. Well, what the fuck? Why don't you say that? <laughs> you know? Why don't you say it could take uh, up 24 to 48 hours to verify things? So I'm not just sitting there staring at a fucking wheel spinning around. Good Lord. So, yeah. So I don't know if I'll be gambling this weekend. Maybe next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to you betting on like Romanian handball or whatever? I know. I just uh, lost the love. I don't know. I lost the love of this of the game. I don't know. Got to get back in there. But uh, maybe we'll bring that back. All right. Well, I guess that's the update on everything. Let's uh, want to get ready for Hollywood Boulevard. Sure. Yeah. Jank, you ready? I think we lost Jank. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, Jane, Jane here. Oh, he heard us talking about the Bears. He said, I'm out. He must have been in the toilet there for a minute. <laughs> Smoking a dart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you ready for Hollywood Boulevard, Jane? Oh, sure. All Let's right. Yeah, the reason I picked this was just because of Candace Rousen. We're like, oh, all right, let's see what another one of her movies are. But I heard this is a good B movie. Like, this is considered a uh, top tier yeah. B movie. It holds up. And it's uh, from 1976, and here's the uh, IMDb description of it, if I can find it. Uh, A young woman arrives in Hollywood to try her luck as an actress. An incompetent agent hooks her up with a production company, which specializes in low-budget B-movie fare, plagued by strange, deadly accidents. Man, people need editors on this. (laughs) Every week we read this shit. No one needs edited. All right. So uh, <laughs> the writer here is a fella named Danny Opatoshu. He's very sure. good. He, he also yeah. did something called like Night Nurses or something. That sounds pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Title. I can't remember and if that's the one uh, they did on Quentin Tarantino's podcast. It sounds like something he would do. Yeah. Probably. Definitely one about nurses. Yeah. 
Yeah, if they were taking their shoes off and stuff, he'd really be into it. But, uh, he also wrote for a TV show, uh, he has about six or seven credits. I think his first credit was a TV show called Room 222. Now, do you guys, have you ever heard of that? No, is that like a ripoff of Room 101 or whatever, the British show? I don't know what that is. But, uh, Room 222, when I was a little kid, I remember, like, it was on, it, it's about a teacher at a school, and she taught, you know, Room 222. That's what she taught. But, uh, all right. Just wanted to see if anyone remembered that show, but apparently nope. no one does. All right. <laughs> the directors of this film like are asking act- if anyone in the world remembers Check It Out, other than people <laughs> who are on the podcast and hear about it every week. I, I, yeah, I don't even Check think uh, the people on Check It Out remember Check It Out. I think I want to start a Check It Out <laughs> podcast. It's going to be great. Good luck. <laughs> Just me and my Oscar cut out. Check out where you watch podcasts. <laughs> so the directors are Alan Arkush and Joe Dante. Yeah. Now, Jack, tell the kids who Joe Dante is. Uh, he's a famous director. He did like Gremlins, Gremlins 2. Uh, yeah. I think the first Piranha movie. I think that's right. Yeah. A lot of good B movies and stuff like that, horror movies. Yeah, Gremlins is what he's most known for, I would say, right? Yeah. Good old Gremlins. Did we lose Jank again? Yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> He's working with Nick Miller again here. Nope. Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got back there. And, uh, yeah, apparently he worked with a lot of the same people over and over again as Joe Dante. He liked to keep everybody involved. All right. The, uh, this was a Roger Corman. What, what was that? Uh, He's one of the pro. Oh, yeah, we lost Jank. He just dropped off. <laughs> Jake. Hello. <laughs> there he is. He's back. All right. <laughs> I don't know where I went. Yeah, but. we made it through uh, Flea Market Fantasy with no technical problems last night. But, yeah. <laughs> yep. Apparently on Saturday nights, the, uh, they charge extra for good signal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just saying that. Uh, what was I saying exactly? Oh, Roger man. Corman. Yes, Roger Corman. Like, what was it? Is it New Line or New World? What was the name of his production? New World? It's been New World. Yeah, New Line was different. (laughs) Yes, New World Pictures. And so this film came as a result of a bet between producers Joe Davison and Roger Corman to make the cheapest ever film for New World Pictures. So (laughs) normally they took 15 days to make a movie. Corman gave this guy, he said, I'll give you $60,000 in 10 days to make this film. So <laughs> one of the tricks they did was, uh, well, they used short ends. We talked about that in the past. The uh, leftover film clips, they would call short ends, and they yeah. used them to film it on. And also they incorporated previous New World pictures, clips of earlier mm-hmm. films. Like I'm sure you noticed the Death Race 2000 footage in here. Yes. <laughs> and the car, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's how they cut some corners and they were able to get it done. Uh, I think they only spent $54,000 in uh, 10 days. So look at that. And uh, the directors, Dick Miller. the directors found uh, Candace Rawlson because they were uh, they also worked as editors. This was their first time directing. And they were editing uh, other previous New World pictures for Corman. And they found her when they were uh, editing up one of her previous films. What was it? It was something to do with nurses. I don't think it was Night Nurses, though. I think it was like uh, 
daytime so, nurses. <laughs> the yeah, last successful sequel. <laughs> and they, they fought for uh, Candace Rouse and they really wanted her. And she was comfortable doing nudity. So they're like, all right, cool. You're in. Yeah. So who else is in this cast? Uh, there's a couple other famous people, actually. Um, Mary War- Warrenov, she plays the uh, the more famous actress of the four in here, who's like you yeah. the star of the movies. And Isn't her name also Mary in the movie. Yes, it like was. Had situation where got to yeah. play someone named your actual <laughs> real name, Mary McQueen, in the movie, and she was uh, part of Andy Warhol's group of people like he uh what did he call it the factory of all those ladies <laughs> the actresses he had so she was <laughs> part of that and uh she made a ton of b movies and the director in this film like uh, for the like the movie's about a b movie film production company and the director in the movie is played by paul bartell and he's kind of famous and he and mary warnoff were in like 17 movies together they so they all like to work together a lot and but he would they were in a movie called Eating Raul. Did you ever hear of that? <laughs> no. No, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, actually. it's kind of a famous film. Like uh, and so we'll have to watch that at some point. But, okay. uh, maybe we'll check that one out. But he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he was a, also directed too, I believe. And uh so he's kind of famous. I thought he was great in this as the director. I thought he was yeah, very Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Very entertaining. Uh, there's and Candace Ross, and there's a girl named, uh, oh, there's a guy named Dick Miller. Yeah, now you're getting to the good part. Yeah, t- tell the people Little about Dick, Dick Miller, Miller Jake. Uh, he was a staple of, you know, terrible B-movies. Uh, I guess his biggest role is probably Mr. Futterman in uh, Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Uh, but he was also in The Terminator. He's like a gun shop owner. Uh, he's like the janitor in... Uh, Chopping Mall. We saw him before in uh which was it Evil Tunes? He was like the the land uh the guy who like owned the house that the oh, girls okay. were cleaning. I remember he was married to uh Michelle Bauer and like didn't want to have sex uh, with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy's been in a ton of stuff. I think he's been in like everything Joe Dante's ever done. He like yeah. <laughs> he's been in everything. And I know him uh, he was in two episodes of Taxi. So that's how I remember him as that. He was like a waiter and then just another guy. But, um, yeah, Dick Miller. He's in a lot of things. Yep. He's, he's very good. I love that guy. Yeah. He's very funny in this too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's pretty good. And there's a lady who plays, uh, what was her name? Bobby Quackenbush in the movie played by Rita George. And she, uh, apparently she was dating Dean Martin. At the time this movie was made. Whoa. <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting bit of info. <laughs> Dean Martin was dating Rita George. Yeah. Um, anyone else famous in this? Uh, not that I recall. Yeah, I'm looking through here. Uh, don't see much. I think that's about yeah. It. If you're gonna make a movie for the you know the cheapest amount possible, you're probably not getting the big names. <laughs> and I and I tweeted out the uh, movie poster the other day, and at the bottom of the poster, it's I think it says something like "shamelessly packed with sex and violence," and <laughs> also it has uh, Godzilla is appearing in this. Like, and Godzilla does make a I guess a guy in a cheap Godzilla suit. 
makes an appearance. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, there's that. Uh, Tuffy, do you remember how this movie begins? Uh, they're on a film set and there's a, uh, like a stunt person jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, one in a little, a lady in a blue outfit and a fellow in a red outfit, I guess, jumping out of the airplane. And then mm-hmm. down on the ground, they're shooting this and the director is there, the Paul Bartel's there and Mary Warnov's there. And, uh, I think she's asking like, which one's my stunt double? And he's like, oh, the one in the, in the blue there or whatever. And they're watching the, uh, them plummet to the earth and they're filming it. And uh, Jank, uh, what sadly, what happens? <laughs> uh, her chute does not open, and she just kind of keeps falling and falls right through the earth. <laughs> Doesn't even land with like a splat; just leaves like one of those you know, like, cartoon yeah. holes in the ground. <laughs> Very much a uh, Looney Tunes style uh, hole in the ground. Yep. So they gotta find another stunt lady because this one's dead. Also, uh, there's a lot of in jokes about the movie making business in this, and all, yeah. a lot of little. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. And when they're filming the the people falling out of the plane, like the producer comes out of the back of a van, and uh, there's just a topless lady following him. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, yep. He's always in the back of that van with one or more ladies throughout most of the movie. <laughs> they uh, one of the people who was considered for that part was Dwayne Hickman, uh, Dobie Gillis. <laughs> the old Dobie Gillis. <laughs> he turned it down, I guess. Ah, so lo- yeah. <laughs> if Toby Gillis yeah. was in this, I really would have loved this. Uh, but yeah, just a topless lady coming out of a van like 15 seconds into this movie, maybe. So it's a good start. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so they need to find a new actress, a new lady, or to be a stunt of. Like, uh, you know, he's like, don't worry, uh, you know, there's or dime a dozen or whatever. And now we cut, and I think we see Candace Rallison coming to Hollywood, right? To try and be an actress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's her name? What's her character's name in this? Um, Andy something. Yeah, then they'll change. He doesn't. The agent want to change this like uh, Wednesday, like Wednesday, January Wednesday. Yeah, January yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess they bill her as Candy Wednesday in this. So on IMDb. So I guess they kept the Wednesday name. All right. So. Yeah, she's going. To she's Hollywood. Like walking down like the you know the Hollywood Boulevard where they got the uh, the the Walk of Fame and all that stuff. Which reminds me, we didn't talk about last week one of the best scenes when uh, when when she was getting her her handprints in the uh, you know the, in the Walk of Fame there, and then she had to like squat down so that her vagina couldn't also get her <laughs> chatterbox. Yeah. In the yeah. Hey, is, is that a, should we alert Damashek about that? Uh, the same actress like doing a Hollywood. Uh, yeah, that's a, what was the name of that theater? Uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater, right? Is that where they put the yeah? The, yeah. Thing? Yep. So yeah, it's, that could be a Damashek thing there. But uh, yeah, she just sat right in the cement. So the old chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even show you like she just the camera doesn't follow her down to the cement like she just dips down oh. out of the frame and you hear her squishing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so well shot. <laughs> More than it had any right to be. Oh uh, yeah, so she's in Hollywood doing all, seeing all the sights and everything. And she, they show her going to like a couple auditions, and the one audition she comes out and her shirt's ripped open, you know, just in her bra, you know, and like a, it's a rough, it's a rough town, is what we're getting, you know, Hollywood. It's a rough town. But then Tuffy, she goes to a newsstand. She wants to find like a uh, casting calls or whatever, and there's a there's a ne'er do well there. 
trying to prey on yeah, this young lady. And how does this go down, Tubby? Uh, he says, hey, I'm also an actor. You know, I got uh, I got a friend who's making a movie, and you'd be perfect for a part in it. Yeah. So uh, he tells her, like, yeah, you're going to you're going to be the driver for this car we got. Yeah, she, we need <laughs> someone with the car. car. She's like, I yeah. got the car. This is my car right here. He's like, oh, all right, cool, cool, cool. And he's like, all right. And, uh, of course, uh, he and his buddy, they're bank robbers. Yeah. yeah. But they tell her, you know, that it's all a movie. And she's like, where's the camera? I can't see a camera. And he's like, well, that's the whole point. You're not supposed to see the camera, you know, so, <laughs> in a movie. So they rob the like, bank. They come down in the car. She drives off, you know, in the getaway. And the cops are chasing them and everything. And uh, they get away from the cops, right? And uh, yeah, they get away and they go to split the loot. And I think the one guy takes all the loot. So then they're chasing the guy, and the cops set up a roadblock, if I remember right. Yes. And the first guy gets shot and gunned up, and uh, his car goes flipping over. And they just ram their car right through the other two, or the the cop cars. Yeah. And they're getting away, and uh, he's like, yeah, the uh, bad dude there, he's, like, celebrating. He's in the front seat, and, you know, no seatbelts at this time. You know, no one's wearing seatbelts. And she just slams on the brakes, and he goes headfirst into the windshield. And then she just abandons her car. She just yeah. <laughs> she just goes running off. And the next time we see her, she's back at her. Oh, yeah, she already had an agent at this point, right? Yeah, she already met Dick Miller. Because yeah. uh, he's like, you should have told me. I would have, like, set you straight about this whole thing. Or got yeah. you a bigger cut or something like that. Yeah, I would have made sure you got a cut of the uh, the score or whatever. But yeah. when she goes in to meet Dick Miller the first time, you know, she's like, uh, I'm looking for an agent. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll hire you for – I'm your agent. And he's like, all right, I'll go get yourself a job. And she's like, well, wait, wait, isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> he's like, yeah, go get your job. <laughs> and I'll be your agent. Uh, yeah, this Dick Miller guy, he's always cutting deals. He's got mm-hmm. a lot of phones in his office. He's got one phone in the refrigerator he keeps. That was weird. Yeah, he's got like boxes of animal crackers stacked up <laughs> behind him for some reason. <laughs> he's got all kind of pictures on the wall of his clients, and uh, they look like an interesting lot. So, uh, yeah, Dick Miller, good times. All right, so yeah, she goes back to Dick Miller, and she's like, yeah, "Hey, uh, is this where he says he I might have a job for? He's a stunt woman, right?" And then she yeah, shows up. Uh, yeah. And then she goes to the movie set. And uh, right away, she she meets the writer when she gets first gets there. The writer's the first guy that sees her, and they, and they fall in love instantly. That's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that always happens to us writer folks. This lady's falling in love. With yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, you're missing out, Mike Dell. Like you can like I was listening to people talk about like what was going on with the writer strike and stuff like that. And uh, apparently, like most TV shows now, they just write them in like six weeks. And you can get paid like a hundred and forty thousand. You you don't even have to write the scripts. Like just like you're just there in the writers <laughs> pitching ideas, and like the showrunner will actually end up writing them all himself once the stories are like broken. <laughs> so you could make like a hundred and forty k in like six oh, weeks. What? Just go out to Hollywood. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll be like Candy Rouse, and I'll show up all uh, impressionable. Oh, I'm so naive, and then I'll be robbing banks by the end of the week. I'll yeah, next thing you know, Mike Dell's running out of an office with his shirt torn up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not made for Hollywood. I can barely survive in Greensburg. I'd never make it in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> they would chew me up and spit me out. I'll never do it. Well, at least someone would. <laughs> <laughs> so 
All right, she's on set now for the movie, and uh, I think they give her her first gig as a stunt woman. She's supposed to drive a car, right, and flip the car or something. And uh, I think that's what she does. Yeah. Right? yeah. I was impressed, but then, the, you know, the big star lady, she's like, oh, I did that stunt before. It's not that not that cool. Yeah, this Mary McQueen lady, she's very tall and lean and thin, you know, and I was like, uh, she kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, a less curvy uh, Julie Newmar, you know, a little bit. And then when uh, I was reading up on her, apparently she was an understudy for Julie Newmar. And like some, oh. <laughs> some play. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, she's similar in height and everything, but uh, just not as curvy. But uh, so what was else was going on here with her and her uh, stunt double? So, yeah, everyone likes Candace Ra- Candy. They're like, oh, you're great. But Mary, though, she's not liking Candy. You know, she's like, she doesn't want this young lady getting all the attention, you know? Yeah. But that, does anything else happen on uh, this movie set? Um, uh, I mean, I watched this like five days ago. I don't yeah, even Tuffy got really <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were really excited about this one. I watched this this morning, and I still can barely remember half of uh, what happened. I watched, I watched it last night. I was only going to watch a little bit of it, but I enjoyed it, so I just kept it rolling. And I, uh, yeah. thing. It's like an hour and a half, I think, right? Around yeah, hour 20, yeah. give or take. Yeah, somewhere around there. And uh, All right, so she's getting popular with this uh, group. But then I, I think uh, filming raps on this movie said, I think she like they show her falling in love with the writer guy then. like They go back and they make this sweet, sweet love and all that, right? I think they go on a picnic. Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. But anyway, the next big thing that happens is, oh, well, the the one girl who popped out of the back of the van topless at the start of the movie, she's also an actress on these films. And then we see her meet, talk, meeting up with her buddy, who's a roller derby lady. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. I like her. It, yeah, I liked her. That's that's the lady who was dating Dean Martin, apparently. Oh. And she was... Uh, a roller derby queen or whatever. And those clips were from the movie Holy Roller or Unholy Rollers, I think is the name Ooh. of it. And yeah, we should really watch that. Uh, I'm yeah. a roller derby martyr. That's such that. I mean, if it's a Roger Corman movie, I know there's going to be naked ladies in it. So that's always. <laughs> so, uh, she, her, her buddy doesn't want to be a roller derby lady anymore. She wants to get into acting. And she's like, all you got to do is sleep your way to the top, right? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I guess that's all you got to do. She's like, I'm in. Let's go. So now uh, that lady and her buddy marry the uh, other big star, the Julie Newmore looking lady. And then uh, Candy, they're all in her agent's office. Because I guess he represents all of them. And he says, yeah, hey, that's a weird thing. We're like, oh, they're all his clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's Even the big weird. the lady who's like a big star. It seems like she would have moved on from him by now. But nope. So it's like uh, they got a new picture they're making, but it's set. Uh, where is it set? Columbia or something like that? Or Nicaragua? Uh, Philippines? Is that Philippines? what you said? Yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. I, don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, we'll go Philippines. And uh, so he's like, uh, you know, you got to go over there. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're all in. Mary doesn't want to do it because she said she's already made this movie like 10 times, like different variations yeah. of this film. So she's yeah. out. But then when the other three are really excited for it, and then he goes, oh, Candy, you can have Mary's part. She's like, all right, I'll do it. Mary jumps in. She's like, all right, I'll do it. So all the ladies go down there to make. The, and what's this film, Jank? Uh, this film they're doing in the Philippines. What's the basic plot of this? Do you remember? Um, I I don't know. There's some kind of. I guess it's during you know Vietnam or something. It seems like <laughs> kick ass ladies who just shooting everybody. Yeah, basically, uh, the, the four ladies in white tank tops and shorts and machine guns. 
just mowing down a bunch of like uh yeah pretty much <laughs> army dudes it's like platoon but with busty ladies instead <laughs> of uh willem defoe <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it and uh now tuffy does well you watched this so long ago you don't remember the does the one girl die on the set of this film, or is it the other or another one? Uh, it's at the very yeah, ending of the filming of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I also was confused because, like, um, there was a lot of guns being fired off, and it seemed like the uh, sort of like the set of that Alec Baldwin movie was about the safety level they had with those things. Where I thought, like, <laughs> is somebody just going to get shot because they have live rounds in these guns, or what? And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much what happened, so. Yeah, the one lady, the lady who popped out of the back of the van, <clears throat> topless at the beginning of the movie, she's still with the producer throughout. In fact, when they're filming on set, filming this movie, the roller derby girl almost gets uh, killed by a snake at night. Someone drops, like, a cobra snake. But yeah. the producer and the other girl come with a machete, and they kill the snake. And then uh, they take the roller and derby they make back three. to them. Yeah, they make the three. So that's nice. And, uh, but the girl who was dating the producer, when they're filming one of the gunfight scenes, she gets shot in the chest and she actually dies. So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It seemed, yeah, it's surprising more people didn't die there because I think, uh, like Candy just throws like a Molotov cocktail at like a building at one point. <laughs> in <this> scene, like, <laughs> There's a guy who was lit on fire, and, like, I think he just jumps in the river, but he was literally on fire. So, I don't know. It didn't seem like there was people waiting to put him out or anything like that. <laughs> seemed very not, you know, film set-esque. And when all this was going on, there's a lot of, uh, again, Hollywood in-jokes and uh, pretty good one-liners and stuff. It's uh, Yeah, pr- there's also, um, weirdly during this movie, which I don't know if this was part of the other New World Cinema Pictures, just... Cut scenes to music videos. <laughs> yeah. <it was. laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think the everybody's trucking, trucking, fucking, fucking song might need a golden case of DNA. <laughs> yes. yes. There's just, there's like a music video of these, uh, I don't know, six white dudes with, uh, toilet paper <laughs> And they're all like, yeah. saying, like, I don't know. How do you describe that music, Jack? You're the music expert. What kind of music would oh, that be? Man. I don't know. It's, uh, it felt more like some kind of weird 90s, like, Bare naked ladies type band or something like <laughs> they're twenty years ahead of their time. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of like I don't know how to describe it either. Um, but it was weird, like southern. Uh, yes, definitely southern. Southern mixed with yeah. the stray cats. I don't know. I don't know. How to say <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah. yeah, Tuffy, what were the lyrics like? Everybody's trucking, fucking. Everybody's trucking, keep on fucking, trucking, trucking, fucking, fucking. Everybody's doing it now. Yeah, everybody's doing it now. But it's a very big radio hit. Fucking, fucking, trucking, fucking, fucking. It's a very peppy song. But again, yeah, it's like a full-on music video right in the middle of the film. Like it it was at least a minute long, right? And them just yeah, that was a while. Yeah, I was confused. (laughs) I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely make a note, Tuffy. That's a KCD a nominee for best song, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, that's fair. And uh, so, yeah, the lady dies. So now they come back to the States. Uh, they're done filming that movie. And do they go to see it at the drive-in? Right? 
uh, yeah. the, the Raider oh, Candy and Dick Miller, her agent, they're in a convertible and yeah. they're watching it and driving. Now here's the confusing part. Um, one of their, like, I guess the women are all kind of friends by that point. One of their friends died on the film set, and they have yeah. no idea what is coming out in this movie, what made it to the final cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't confuse me. I'm sure they don't show that to the people beforehand. Yeah, I'm guessing. So they why don't. would you? Yeah. It seems like people are sometimes cut out of movies entirely and don't even realize till they get to the screening. (laughs) Like, oh, shit, all of my scenes were cut. (laughs) (laughs) So they're watching the drive-in, and uh, Candy says, hey, you got a drink? And Dick Miller pulls out a bottle of Jack Daniels. He's like, yeah, there you go. And and she gets kind of sloshed. They're all passing around the bottle. They're all drunk as fuck, yeah. And she gets real hammered. (laughs) And But but when she sees her buddy there on the screen, you know, she's dead. She she gets really emotional, of course. And she's like, I can't keep watching this shit. And then there's a scene, you know. Yeah, the rape scene happens again. And she's like, I don't want to watch this again. Yeah. 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 The rape got a little too real. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, it sounds horrible. They play the rape scene for comedy, which, you know, it is horrible. You know, (laughs) I don't know if you should be doing that, but, you know, it's a different time. Yeah. It's a different time. <laughs> so, like, when they filmed the rape scene uh, initially, uh, Paul Bartel's directing them, you know, and he's like, all right, guys, have at her. And they all jump on her, and you just see them, like, pulling out her clothes and stuff, like, twisting her ankle. They're doing, they're going after her pretty good. And he's like, all right, that's enough. And they just kept going. Let's play for comedy and whatever. But uh, then uh, at the theater or at the drive-in, when she's seeing it, she's like, I can't watch this. So she falls out of the car, and she goes to the projectionist, and she wants to tell that guy. She's like, She's all hammered, and, and she's looking at the guy. She's like, hey, take it off, you know? And he's looking yeah. at her, and he's looking at the screen, and he's like, hey, that's the girl, you know? And she's like, take uh-huh. it off. Are you going to take it off? So he thinks, of course, that means I should rape her. Yeah. So, well, yeah, what else would it mean? <laughs> so he tries to rape her. And then uh, <laughs> while this is going on, there's also a family, a car, uh, a mom, a dad, and a kid in the back seat, and this is Jank's quote to start the show. But the dad mm-hmm. is like smoking a pipe or whatever, and he's real uh, hot. And he's like, "This is filth. This is just garbage." But he's loving watching it, you know, the whole time. He's like, "This is filth." <laughs> and what what did the little kids say, Jank? He's like, "Gee, Dad, when are they going to start plugging her? Give her the old in out." <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time he's just saying, "This is garbage. This is terrible." So finally, he gets up to leave, and he goes back to the. He wants to give that projection. Just a piece of his mind, you know, that's showing his kind of filth. So he goes back to the projectionist and he sees that the projectionist is on top of Candy uh, Rousen and he's trying to. And so what does he do, Jank? Uh, he decides he's going to join in and all make three. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to get all, a piece Reaper. of this race to do. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's played for comedy. It's played for comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So, so I mean, thank you. Oh, well, then uh, the writer guy, he, he's look, he does, he says, uh, you know, Katie's been gone a long time. We should go find her. So he and Dick Miller split up and they go looking for her. And the writer guy, uh, uh, comes upon a car with a lady in the driver's seat and she sees him up coming up to the window. She just lifts her shirt up and yeah. like, does she put his hand on her boob? Uh, yeah. He's like, I'm looking for somebody. She's like, Oh, you found her right here. I'm like, yeah. Like puts her hand or his hand on her boob. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. And he's like, hey, I go. And then she uh, yells uh, one of the Ed's favorite slurs at him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then Dick Miller, thankfully, uh, 
comes upon Candy in the projectionist area and he saves her, you know? Yeah. Thankfully. It's quite the fight scene. Uh, Dick Miller, I, he always just seemed like an old man, but he's pretty limber in this scene. He was jumping around <laughs> like a monkey. <laughs> yeah, and so eventually the two, him and Candace team up to take out the last guy and uh, he saves her. And, uh, then, like every, the like, whole, I love Hollywood for some yeah. reason. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> After the big fight, she, I love Hollywood. And then she like passes out. And so there you go. All right. Uh, I can't even remember what happens after that. What happens after that? Um, they start filming another I think movie. Start a new movie. Yeah. This is the one where it turns into Death Race 2000 with basically Candy playing the, uh, <laughs> the leather, you know, Frankenstein guy. Yeah. Yeah. And the same cars. They, they have the same cars from the movie yeah. as well. Everything. And, uh, yeah, she's driving, and uh, Bobby Quackenbush is in the passenger seat for a little scene they're doing. And it's like being filmed at like almost like an Old West ghost town, it looked like, that kind of setting. And, yeah, and this was supposed to be a movie about the 50s, like a Happy Days uh, type of movie. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they completely turned it into some weird Old West uh, Godzilla Death Race 2000 thing. Yeah, because the writer guy, because he and Candy are living together at this point. And he's been living like in the fifties. He, he's got his hair like a uh, Fonzie and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, to get into the mood to write this script. And uh, Candy's like, he's got a shed in the back there. He does all his writing, but he keeps it locked. <laughs> and he won't let me back there. I really wish I could know what was going on back there. That's foreshadowing. That's planting a seed, you know? So uh, then they go, they're, they're making this new film. And at, uh, Bobby gets a call at night saying they need to do some reshoots. So she's like, right now? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, all right. So she, I'll be there in a minute. So she goes down in the middle of the night, and uh, she's getting ready. There's no one around, but she's looking at a mirror there, combing her hair. And then she thinks she sees candy behind her because she's wearing the Frankenstein uh, outfit, the cape and the black outfit and everything. And, uh, I mean, well, spoiler alert, the real person's much taller than candy. She should have even noticed that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the person in the outfit goes after uh, – Bobby with a knife and just starts stabbing the shit out of her. And uh, it chases, she chases her all over the, uh, the set. And eventually she just uh, kills her. But uh, poor Bobby. Yeah. She just should have stayed in roller derby. Very much better. It's weird. Cause it all of a sudden turns into a horror movie here. And then it's like, Oh, I guess maybe those other deaths weren't accidents, but it seemed like they were just accidents because yes. of how messed up everybody that's, was acting like they're just acting like oh nobody cares on these sets so that's how they died um but but now all of a sudden it's like oh this was a slasher all along <laughs> that was the big problem because i would have liked it if it was a slasher all along because we get that first death scene it seemed purely like an accident in the first three mm-hmm. minutes and then there's a good 40 to 50 minutes where like no one dies or there's no hint <laughs> that it's a slasher film or that's you know yeah. people are like but then towards the last like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it becomes a slasher, like a murder mystery horror thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, that's interesting. They should have been doing that the whole time, I think. <laughs> but yeah, there's a large gap where none of that is happening. So it is a little disjointed. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So, yeah, now at the end of the movie, we're trying to figure out who's killing everybody. So, um Bobby's dead now, sadly. And uh Candace or Candy, she's thinking, Oh man, who's who's doing all this? 
And uh, doesn't she have a does she have a fight with her uh, the boyfriend the writer over something? And she says, "I'm going to go move out." Right? Yeah, because he wants see. He's like, "You're not quitting this movie, and I'm not quitting either. Like, we're both staying here because I want this might give me more fuel to write another movie about these murders." She's like, "Well, that's fucking sick. I'm out of here." But she but when she goes home to pack, she finds a key and she's like, "Before I get out of here, I'm going to see what's in that writing shed of his." You know. And a uh, bunch of porn, right? Yeah. yeah. She goes back <laughs> yeah. there, and it's like uh, pictures of all the dead girls, and then like Candy's pictures there, and it's like, uh, and then she turns around and he's at the door, and doesn't he say something like "You're next" or something to like freak her out or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, this was very strange. <laughs> yeah. <It> seems, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, clearly he's not the killer, um, nope. but. And there's she, no explanation for this later. Like, oh, you didn't understand what I meant. Like, that wasn't like, I guess she was just acting like you were the killer. Yeah, I guess he was just joking. And then he's trying to catch up to her to tell her, hey, well, I was just joking, but he never does. So, she, yeah, he's chasing her. She thinks he's chasing him because he's trying to kill her. But and then I forget why he doesn't catch her. Something with the car. Is he pop a tire? Like a flat tire. Yeah. yeah. So now uh, no one knows where Candy is. And someone calls Mary to ask if she's seen Candy. Is that how this all goes down? And then I think someone says, oh, she likes to hang out at the Hollywood sign. Maybe go look for her up there, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think Dick Miller sent her there or said she was going there. Yeah. Because we saw her earlier where, like, she just goes up there sometimes to sit or something. Yeah. So... They're going to go look for candy up at the Hollywood sign, but Mary's up also up there and she's got an axe and she's going to try and kill candy. Yeah. Tuffy, do you remember how this goes down? No. (laughs) (laughs) Jank, you remember? Uh, yes. She's got an axe. Uh, she's starts chopping away at the, uh, the support cables that are keeping up one of the letters. Uh, the letter Y in the Hollywood yeah, that's sign. Right. Yeah, that's the Y. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she's going to have that fall on her. Uh, but she gets interrupted because the writer guy shows up with a with a gun. Um, and this guy's a fucking a dumbass. Like, because <laughs> basically uh, the killer lady, she ends up giving up on the whole Y thing and just cut, like jumps on top of Candy with the axe. She's like, I'm going to chop you. And uh, the writer guy shows up, and even though he's got a gun that could easily shoot her from far away, he decides to get right up next to her and be like, okay, I'm going to point the gun at you from a foot away where you can easily chop me in the leg with your axe. And <laughs> That's what she does. Yep, she sure does. With the axe. <laughs> he goes down, she gets the gun. But right when she's about to shoot him, the Y falls down. It finally yeah. falls, and it smushes her. <laughs> this was a cool shot. I don't know where they got that shot from. I'm sure they didn't actually take down the Y. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she's dead now, and I guess the writer guy explains to uh, – this was like a really bad Three's Company episode where, you know, all the assumptions lead to uh, misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. Or he could easily just say, hey, I'm not the killer. I'm just writing a script about the killer, and that's all. But uh, – so, uh, like company up to where Mr. Furley accidentally got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, we cut to a big movie premiere and we see that the writer guy did make a movie about the murders. 
and they're a big hit now. Everyone loves them. She's a big star. He's a big writer. Dick Miller, they're all out at this big party. Hey, uh, Jenk, was that the the ribbit from Rocky there? Because uh, the ribbit. No. <laughs> <It's more laughs> a lot of space ribbit there for sure. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that yeah. does get us a best robot nomination finally. Oh. That's, yeah, that's, we've been light on that. <laughs> this robot might not be the best actor. Like, he's not going to get a job, according to Dick Miller. But. <laughs> yeah, because the movie, uh, she's being interviewed uh, by the red carpet there, and the one reporter says, Candy, Candy, let me ask you this. Is it true that you can, or can you achieve multiple orgasms? And that, yeah, she just goes to achieve multiple orgasms. <laughs> and she just looks at him like, what? And then we cut to Dick Miller and he's talking to the robot and he's trying to say, hey, you a robot? He's like, no, actually, I'm a, I'm a, wait, does he say I'm an actor? Is that what the robot says, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Dick Miller tries talking to him about getting him a gig or something, but, uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, he doesn't say, like, the frankly Scarlet, I don't give a damn line. And then he asks him the same questions he asked her at the beginning, maybe, like, do you give Swedish massages or anything like that? And uh, the rivet's like, no, no, no. And that's really how the movie ends. And the credits roll, and uh, that's it. Bit of a whimper. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. Uh, It just seems weird that the movie would end with Dick Miller and a rivet and not Candy. Yeah. But, I mean, whatever. Who am I? gems did the... Did we talk about the um, the audition for the naked ladies where they said they didn't have time to get naked? Oh, yeah. And they just sprayed them with a hose? Yeah. All the, <laughs> when they were in the Philippines making that movie, they had a bunch of girls also in white tank tops and shorts. And they're like, all right, well, yeah, don't have time to get to, for you to strip. So they just hose them down to see uh, <laughs> what they look like. <laughs> yep. And then the producer says, all right, I'll tell you, let me talk to you and you and the rest of you can go wait over there. And he takes them back to the van. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Hollywood for you. Hollywood. Yep. That's why Mike Dell can't make it there. <laughs> I know. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else happened in this movie? Any, did we miss anything? Uh, I don't know. I think that's about it, right? Yeah. I think we can, we think we had it all. I enjoyed this though. I thought it was fun. Again, it, yeah. it would it would have been a way better movie if they kept the uh, there wasn't that forty minute dead period where there are no murders or a hint of murders. <laughs> yeah. or like there's yeah, that was, it was weird. kind of all laying around talking about stuff. Oh, speaking of laying around, there is a scene where the three of them, Bobby, the other girl, and uh, Candy, are lying uh, topless on a beach, just talking for about. Yeah. Good two minutes. <laughs> Just sitting there topless talking. That's pretty great. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's very enjoy. I enjoyed it. So I don't know. It's not, I don't even know if this was a bad movie in terms of, I think the acting and the directing and the writing is actually really good. Like I think you can grade this on a normal movie scale. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I go that far, but <laughs> I mean, it's no like taxi driver. No, no, but uh, but uh, but I mean, like you know, Dick Miller was great. The director guy was yeah. great. Uh, Candy was usual. Um, Harry Warren was good. So I don't know. I thought everybody did a really good job here. Just the uh, the actual plotting could have been way better because really nothing happened. Like there is no plot for a good forty minutes. It's just following Candy around. You know, like nothing really happens to change things until like the they finally realize, oh, someone's murdering everybody. Then you kind of get <laughs> cause and effect. But um, it was weird that uh, the they find out that she was the killer because apparently 
the they were somebody was videotaping the oh uh, yeah yeah flasher yeah. murder that she committed and then she takes the mask off and then that was all caught on tape and somehow was in the movie in the cut of the movie and nobody had seen this yet. Well, it was the dailies. They were watching the dailies, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like the movie wasn't released yet. They were still editing and putting the movie together. Yeah, because they they showed it when she was murdering Bobby. Like there was a camera, and I don't know if they ran into it or something. They turned it on, and then she chased her over. I, because they did show oh. the camera turning on, I remember. Mm. But, um, so, yeah. But I don't know. I, I enjoyed this. Uh, all right. So on a bad movie scale, uh, man, I don't know. I, like, I'm tempted to go nine. Really, on a bad, I don't know. Holy hell. Eight, I think eight <laughs> yeah. at the low, eight or nine. Because really, it's well done and it's funny and it's enjoy. I'd watch it again if it was on, you know. I'd be, oh, I'd watch that again. Like the the beginning of the movie almost reminded me of like take the money and run like Woody Allen like that kind of absurdist like weird humor like just mm-hmm. jokes for jokes, and then like you said at the end it gets to the point where it's a slasher kind of thing. But um, all right, I'll go eight, solid eight. Yeah, yeah, I think that was about where I was going to land too. It's good. Yeah, it's definitely good. It's got kind of a tropic thundery type of vibe of just skewering yeah. out. Maybe not quite that funny, but you know, still good. <laughs> A lot of good-looking ladies. Yeah. Tuffy, we going eights all around, Tuffy? Yeah, I'll go eights all around. I yeah. think uh, all four principal female cast members do get naked, right? I don't know if Mary Warrenov does. Yeah, I can't remember if she um, does. I don't think, I don't think she does. Okay. Yeah. But I, the other three do. And uh, Dick uh, Miller didn't. Yeah, no, Dick Miller did not. Neither did the robot. But, uh, and there wasn't a monkey anywhere in this movie, which hurts. It. Yeah. But. Fiction loss. But I I think at the end of, oh no, Jack, did we lose you again? Yeah, we lost Jank again. How about that? <laughs> that Jank. But uh, yeah, Tuffy, I think, uh, in terms of, oh, Jank, are you back? Yep. Oh, uh, there I lost connection there, apparently. Yeah, we could hear you. I heard you say connection lost. Yeah, we heard lost, you say connection lost, yeah. Which is oh. odd, because you think we wouldn't be able to hear that if you lost your connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Luckily, the backup system of a can on a string really came through. <laughs> I was just going to say, though, I think uh, for Golden KCD and the nominees, uh, man, we, Candy Rowlson could be Best Actress again. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance the way we're going here, you might have like four or five Candace Railson Railson nominees. But like best song, and I think best overall movie, this will probably be will be a contender as well. Because uh, you know, pickings get pretty slim when you're trying to come with five. So (laughs) (laughs) this and Chatterbox, I think, have two nominations probably locked up. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. All right, well, there you go. Next week we'll bring. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, we are. Uh, well, I guess this was sort of a, a half Shocktober. This was a nice entree. The back <laughs> half got it. It was half a October. slasher. So yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, tougher is it you next week? Or are you picking the movie? Yeah, I think I'm up to pick a uh, horror flick. And oh, that's right. Yeah, I've some on my my list of. Uh, I'll have to go through and see what what looks All okay. Right. Oh yeah, it is officially Shocktober. So, get into it. 
Hey, 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 Jack, I looked at that comic you picked for uh, next week, uh, Twisted Tales. Have you looked at it in depth yet? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I was cutting some pictures out of it yesterday for the video, and uh, there seems to be a one panel where we see Bush. Is that is that, is that fair to <laughs> say that? <laughs> see her dark triangle. Yes. <laughs> the dark triangle. It's there. Because that's something oh, you don't shit. expect in a comic book. But, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, at uh, PC Comics, you can do those kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> they're, comics code. They're, they're very good. All right. So uh, that's it. Next week, Tuffy will pick a winner for us. Then the week after that, it's Larry time. And, and then the week after that, maybe uh, – or should we wait another week? Yeah, we'll get Miles Watson here to update us on all his horror movies at some point. Yeah. But uh, all right. So, Jank, top 11, Conan O'Brien bits or characters? Yeah, I tried to pick, uh, you know, recurring bits, not just like obviously the norm segments were always great, but it's not really a, a bit yeah. or a sketch or anything like that. Like certain yes, always deliver, but I didn't you want to go down that route. I just went with kind of scripted or just kind of recurring bits slash uh, characters type of thing. All right. This will be good. All right. So number 11, this was kind of a catch all. Um of the travel segments, these were always really good on Conan. Yeah. This is one of the things I think Conan does really well is just interacting with random people and just coming up with stuff on the spot. Uh, it's kind of a specialty. Like he'll go on these trips to different places and just kind of go around and try to learn new things or go just, you know, interact with the locals. And he's very good at it. <laughs> always very funny. I think that's basically what he's working on now is, uh, for his HBO show that they've been talking about forever. Um, is basically him going into different parts of the world and, uh, like interviewing people and, you know, just going around to see new places and stuff like that. Which is kind of weird because when the show started, well, even when it ended, he, he was never a really good interviewer, I don't think, you know, like in terms, of, he always, he always leaned on his blue cards pretty heavy, especially early on. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, he, he was on so long though. I'm sure by in the last, uh, 15 years, he got better at it. But in those early he's days, he's very good on his podcast at interviewing people. He's a, yeah. gets a lot of good stuff out of that. Yeah, by now. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking more of the early days. But he was never really yeah. a, yeah. what made the show good oh, was sure. the bits, you know, and the writing that he did. Mm-hmm. That's always what made the show shine. But in terms of his, that's why his stuff with Norm was always so good because Norm would bring out like make him more relaxed, <laughs> I guess, and do stuff. But, um, <laughs> all right, so uh, Conan's traveling next. Yep. All right, so number 10 uh, was The Interrupter. This was uh, the great Brian Stack. Uh, this I don't, was a I don't bit, know if I remember this. Yeah, this I don't know if this was probably a little after your time. This might have been early 2000s. Um, oh, no. The Interrupter was like a guy. He had like long hair, like a big fake mustache, uh, like a cape. And uh, he would just show up and like anything Conan would say, he would like interrupt the sentence and uh, try to finish it with the, you know, what he thought Conan was going to finish it with. And, uh, it started out usually pretty, pretty normal. And, but it very quickly got insulting. Like basically Conan's just like, you're a piece of, you know, piece of dog shit. <laughs> and he was just like, yes. And it would just basically become insulting about himself. And, uh, <laughs> it was pretty great. He was just yeah. very over, like over dramatic. I never saw this guy. I'm looking him up now. Yeah, I never saw this guy. It looks like Salvador Dali, kind of. Yeah, hair. yeah. But Brian Stack, we'll definitely be hearing about him again. He was one of the writers. Uh, he's he's great on that show. 
Yeah, I never uh, saw this, so this must have been after my time of watching Conan. Uh, yeah, it was usually like an interstitial. I think like after like the first guest, you know, he would kind of come back for like a really quick, uh, you know, setting up the next guest and talking about what's coming later in the week, and then they would do like a little brief bit. This was usually about the time of the show was when the interrupter would show up. Alrighty. Number I remember nine. one time they had someone else being like the interrupter's dad, I think, and they were both interrupting each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> Tuffy, do you remember the interrupter? Uh, if I saw it, I probably would. Yeah. But, you know, it, there, it's, it could be any number of a, you know, member of the audience or person interrupts Conan things that I feel like were, uh, yeah, it's part of the show. <laughs> Yeah, quite a bit of those. All right, number nine, the Slipnuts. I don't know this either. <laughs> this was great. This, again, was my kind of era of, of Conan, like the 2000s. Like by the time I was in college, I was watching Conan all the time. Um, this was uh, They had the band Slipknot on one night. And uh so they did a little bit I think it started there. was basically like, like, oh, you know, like, sorry, guys. Like, we also had like a mix up. And I don't know why why my bookers did this, but they also booked this other band tonight, the Slip Nuts. And uh like I don't know why we would book two acts with very similar names on the same night. This is just silly. But uh we booked them, so here they are. And it's just like three of the writers, they would come out and they do the same song every time. It's just like we're the slip nuts, slipping on nuts. Clowning around and slipping on nuts. We're the slip nuts, slipping on nuts. Oops, he fell down. I slipped on some nuts. Wow. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. And I'm looking at them and now. Mm-hmm. They seem to be wearing khakis and like, uh, red vests, like yeah, very nerdy red... vests. And just dress shirts. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep, it was a good luck. And uh, they kept, I don't know, they kept bringing them back and they would just do the same thing every time. And uh, eventually it led to them actually opening for Slipknot one night. <laughs> and uh, they like filmed it and like the audience was not having it at all. <laughs> it was so great the reaction of just how much the audience hated this. I was like, these guys are amazing to actually get out there and do this <laughs> in front of this audience. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it was an ongoing thing for at least a couple of months there, and uh, it's it's pretty great. Yeah. Do not know the Slipknots either. So. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Pretty good. Uh, number eight, new characters. Um, this was something I feel like they did every like season. Like it'd be like, oh, new winter yeah. characters, new fall characters, yeah. new spring characters. And it was just basically a, an excuse to trot out attempts at new characters. They would just kind of be random one-off jokes. I think this is where, like, that pimp bot came from originally. Pimp bot was great. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just a good way to throw out random, you know, random bits <laughs> that didn't necessarily have to have any other purpose other than, hey, let's try this out, see if it sticks. I forgot, <laughs> all, forgot all about pimp bot until you mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He could be up for best row, but if only he was in one of these movies. <laughs> I will cut you. Yeah, all right. So I will say uh, the Chris Gethard show had a couple episodes that were also introducing new characters that are some of the, the better Chris Gethard episodes. So I guess it's sort of ripping off Conan in that sense. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, because I did see Larry posted a uh, Chris Gethard yeah. episode 
Larry, Larry loved Chris Gethard for a while. Remember that? Yeah. Chris Gethard him. was, was great. About it. Well, what's crazy <laughs> is because uh, I know what happened with Letterkenny, where I told you guys about Letterkenny, and then like <laughs> I don't know, eight months later, you said you're not going to believe this great new show, <laughs> okay. Letterkenny. Tuffy's the the hipster here. He knew it all before uh, everyone else. Yeah. And then I think cousin Brandon came on singing the praises of this Chris Gethard, and it's like. I've been watching this for like a fucking year and a half and nobody listens to me. Uh, well, I've been telling you guys about check it out for at least that long. And hey, I, I yeah, tried. That's, that's a little different though. Was promised. <laughs> All right. What, are we up to eight, seven? Where are we at? Uh, we are up to seven, number seven. I know that you're familiar with this one, Mike Dell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the year 2000 <laughs> in the year 2000 yeah when that bit started you know it was 92 93 or whatever and then uh they just kept going more sense then yeah, yeah. Through the past <laughs> year 2000 yep <laughs> yeah uh, conan and andy would sit there to get these like silver uh robes on or whatever like um like foil and they'd shine flashlights underneath their chins to make them look kind of mm-hmm. futuristic and they would just make predictions for the year 2000 yeah and then the Andy left, so they would just have random guests do it. It would just be like a random, you know, like, oh, here's Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. was always good. Yep, that was a good one. All right, number six. All right, here we go. Masturbating Bear, of yeah. course. <laughs> <Yeah. Definitely. laughs> I'm outraged that he doesn't even crack the top as a character. <laughs> As one note as a character can be, but it was a note that works. Just the yeah. bear with the fucking like, <laughs> like bowling ball pouch, <laughs> like song, and just like playing with his nuts. It was so funny. Yeah, the bear would just come out and just start and start playing the saber dance. Yeah, and I feel like I think like eventually they tried to have him like, oh, like he's changed. He's not going to masturbate yeah. this time, and then yeah. he would just anyway he would like try to act normal for a while but then he'd just start masturbating (laughs) masturbating bear it was great (laughs) yeah it's pretty classic (laughs) can't go wrong with that yeah and for those who didn't see it it was a person in a bear suit yeah (laughs) it was not train an actual bear (laughs) no animals are harder people just masturbate (laughs) in the filming of the masturbating bear Alright. <laughs> number five. Alright, number five. This I think was probably definitely after your time. This is after, uh, NBC had kind of merged with, uh, I believe, Time Warner. Um, I think it was, and yeah. they had to, yeah. Yeah, Universal. They, they finally yeah. they had the rights to, uh, to Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, you know what? I've seen some of these actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Conan decided to make use of this by cutting out random, you know, out of context clips from Walker, Texas Ranger, and he would have a big oversized lever uh, that he would pull <laughs> and just randomly play clips from Walker, Texas Ranger, and uh, it was hilarious every time. But obviously, I think the best and most memorable one that people always talk about is uh, yeah. there was yep. one with Haley Joel Osment down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just basically him saying he's like they make a little joke and then he's just like. He gets all serious. He's like, Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> yeah, that was a good bit. That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was always funny. The audience was always like egging him on, like, do it. <laughs> and he'd be like, no, no. And then he was just like randomly pull it. It was great. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. Good times. All right. Number four, uh, Brian Stack back again, uh, playing Hannigan, the traveling salesman. Don't know this one, I don't think. Oh, this was great. Uh, he was basically an old timey, you know, like, uh, you know, like Dave Damashek's old timey, like thirties character. It's yeah. basically a lot like that. Who's <laughs> was like a traveling salesman. We'd go door to door and like normally he would, he would usually show up and be like, Oh, hi, little girl. Is your daddy home? To go in or like, Hi, ma'am. Is your husband here? <laughs> and he's like, Uh, I'm not a lady. <laughs> and then he would try to sell him all kind of random things like trips to the Hawaiian islands instead of the Hawaiian islands. And- <laughs> Like <laughs> something really terrible. He was like trying to sell him like Q-tips that d- had the cotton parts cut off. <laughs> and uh I think usually we'd end up with something completely weird, like a like a citrus rectal wash or something like. That. <laughs> He's just like, no, I don't want that. How about you give me one? <laughs> yeah, I never saw that. I don't think. Yeah, it was very good. It was very funny. Just a lot of quick one-liners and stuff like that. So, yeah, Brian Stack, one of my favorites. So, he was very good. Uh, we'll hear about him again right now because my number three is also a Brian Stack character. Uh, Artie Kendall, the singing ghost. <laughs> Don't know that one either. <laughs> uh, this was great. He would come in. They did like an effect so that he looked kind of like ghost-like. I think it was actually just like behind the stage somehow and they would superimpose him. So it looked like he was this old crooner ghost from like the 1920s back when this studio that they were in was like a radio studio. So he used to sing on old radio shows, but now he's just a ghost and like, he's like, Oh, I bet nobody here would want to hear my crazy old songs and kind be like, Oh yeah, we definitely want to hear him. Like, yeah, please sing for us. And like, he would always <laughs> sing like these songs that were always, you know, like super racist. <laughs> or sexist or about how the drunk the Irish are drunks and uh stuff like that. And uh they'd be basically be super offensive songs that you know you couldn't sing anymore. And uh Conan would always get pretend to be oh that's you can't say that. Like that's terrible. It was yeah. pretty great. Never saw it. Never saw <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> Yep, pretty great. There was always it usually starts out with either something that was like about the poor or like something about being <laughs> a hooker or about you know how the U.S. should should give up and you know uh, salute Hitler something like that. Just <laughs> join the Axis powers. Uh, and the second one was always about the ladies, so it was always something like super sexist. And then the last one, he would just be like, "Oh, like Conan would start getting mad. And he'd be like, you got a hot Irish temper. I wrote a song about the Irish. Here it goes." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. All right. Well, number two, uh, we're moving on to the only writer better than Brian Stack, in my opinion. Triumph, the insult comic dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Triumph. He took over the world there for a while, and uh, it all yeah. started on Conan. Yeah. Oh, these bits were great. Uh, so good. Robert Smigel was just the best on this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the best is he was like always talking with the cigar in his mouth, and then the cigar would like randomly fall out during the bit. <laughs> just shove it back in. Uh, <clears throat> the first time. Why did it did it start at the Westminster Dog Show? Is that why it started? 
Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, they sent him to cover the Westminster yeah. Dog Show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, the big breakout. Yeah. <laughs> and then the big breakout, I think, would be the Star Wars uh, yeah. episode one line. <laughs> the people waiting outside the theater for days to go see Star Wars. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, those were some great burns on those kids for sure. <laughs> one kid was like dressed like Darth Vader. It's like, which one of those buttons on your chest calls your mom to pick you up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Triumph was the man. He was awesome. Yeah, I remember he uh, went to like see Bon Jovi at one point and just ripped on all of them. Apparently, like John Bon Jovi really hated it. <laughs> Richie Sambora, I think, the one who asked for it. John was just not having it. <laughs> From me to poop on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what, a, what a character. Love All right. No, number one, <clears throat> I don't know, man. No masturbating bear, no triumph. Yeah, I know. I have a guy in my holster who I you haven't mentioned yet. Hopefully. Yeah, I have I have a guess as to what it could be, but the. Or not oh. what it could be, but what what has not appeared on the Either. list at all yet. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yes. guessing you don't have mine. Mine is more old school, so I don't know. But uh, all right, go ahead. All right, number one again, Robert Smigel. Um, the clutch cargo bits. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that pretty much carried Cone in the first five years. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, it carried him in the 2000s too. To be honest, like they were so good. Like there's a lot of good stuff with like uh, Bush and Kerry and uh, like Michael yeah, Jackson when all that stuff was happening. Like, for those who don't know, oh my god, the Schwarzenegger stuff was great. Yeah, it was basically you know Clutch Cargo is basically they would take pictures of the actual person and then Robert Smigel would be just doing like the mouth, like the mouth would be cut out and then you'd superimpose Robert Smigel's mouth actually talking and pretending to be these celebrities. And uh, it was basically him doing all these different impressions and it was always pretty impressive. I mean, they weren't all great impressions, but you definitely they, he would just kind of amp up the comedy. Yeah, they were always funny though. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did a yeah. good clip back in the '90s for sure. That was really one of the pillars of the show early on. Like that's kind of what first got the show any attention at all were those bits. I think because so, mm. they were struggling out of the gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They were. I think yeah. Nobody knew why he got picked. <laughs> like yeah. this unknown guy. It was like writing on The Simpsons. Like, yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense, but yeah, luckily they kept him on long enough for him to, uh, you know, actually make a mark. The he always says the big turning point was when Letterman came on as a guest. And yeah, he said that really gave everybody a boost of confidence, and they kind of rallied after that. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that that is a classic Conan bit. Tuffy, what else were you thinking of? Uh, well, all the stuff about Max Weinberg just being a pervert uh, is always great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Max and on Joel the announcer was like even worse. Remember he that guy? When he would talk yeah. to Joel and he would be in like bondage gear and shit like that. I forgot about that Joel guy, yeah. Do you remember yeah. they did one uh Max on Max where Max was having sex with himself? Do you remember this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that does sound like something I would see and was also great. Uh, yeah, he was on top one Max was on top of the other Max and missionary and uh, going out. Yeah. Or the joke about Max is always dating, like, well, I guess it's a little pizza gitty now, but it was always be like, <laughs> like 14 year old girls and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the guy I was going to bring up, uh, Carl Odie Olson. You remember? Oh, you guys? oh. All right, see, early on, he was a, 
just a very old guy. And he looked like an old uh, gold prospector from like the 1890s or uh, big long white beard, just very frail, very old. And they would do all kind of things with Carl Wheels and like uh, um, the tales of the erotic vampire or uh, Carl Wheels and the erotic pilgrim. Or they do all kind of those bits. But he also did bits where uh, Conan had a hockey team uh, called the Turbo Ninjas, I think. <laughs> there was a team called the Turbo Ninjas and Conan had a team with Odie Olsen and his team and they had all these kids playing against Odie Olsen and his old people team <laughs> they they would do kind of things like that with him yeah look up Carl Odie Olsen so, uh, you've seen you know, a picture of him he does look old <laughs> yeah he's very old, yeah. Very old. Yeah. <laughs> they were back then they used to do all kind of shit with him yeah, I don't know when he died at some point you know and uh he was another one of the mainstays in the early first five years. They reanimated his brain as Pimpbot. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Woody Olsen was great. Although he yeah. Was, um, I don't yeah, know so, if it counts as a bit, but I think it happened twice. Uh, was the Dudes a Plenty video? Don't remember <laughs> that. Coda uh, made a fake boy band during the height of like the NSYNC uh, Backstreet Boys stuff. <laughs> Oh. And one like because one of the Backstreet Boys or InSync guys like had a cane like a vanity cane, so Conan said they were going to take it up a step, and he gave the guy a vanity respirator. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like rolling around with a wheelchair with an oxygen mask on and shit. I'd recommend going to look that one up because I don't yeah, I don't good. know if it qualifies as a like it wasn't a recurring bit, but I think they might have done the sketch twice. Like he brought it back at some point. <laughs> little update I'm trying to think uh, did Conan did they used to do a bit with like a baby or something baby like, was he driving a car or something uh, I think it was Toontz's the yeah, cat driving yeah, I remember Toontz's yeah I love Toontz's uh, <laughs> I thought there was like a baby like they did something I don't know maybe I can't remember could be uh, I used to like when they did like uh, their movie reviews him and Andy like do you remember this oh yeah Mm-hmm. Is it called On the Owl or something? With, or? <laughs> Sounds about right. Something like that. I can't even remember why they were funny. I just remember they were funny. Uh, yeah, him and Andy were pretty dynamite together. Yeah. Remember Preparation H. Raymond? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> no. Yeah, he just missed the list, but yeah, he had like giant, comically oversized ears, and he would just come in with like a big, giant sack full of Preparation H tubes, just handing them out to the audience <laughs> and singing a Johnny song about it. <laughs> yeah, FedEx Pope was another good one that was a very dumb, basic <laughs> character. It was just a guy with a FedEx box stuck on his head. Yeah. <laughs> Those are always the best. Where it was just like, yeah, they barely tried on this one, but... Yeah, like, this isn't really an idea. This is just, uh, we were fucking around, and here's a guy with a FedEx box on his head. (laughs) Yeah. Trying trying to see if, uh, oh, list of late night with Conan O'Brien characters. Uh, I don't see a baby listed anywhere, so maybe I'm imagining that whole thing. Uh, Canando, I don't know what, Coked Up Werewolf, Camel Toe Annie. (laughs) <laughs> Do you remember Camel Toe Annie? 
<laughs> sounds like something I should remember. Uh, yeah, I think I do remember that. It was a lady with an exaggerated camel toe would come <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I'm guessing that's what it was. Uh, Andy's little sister. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amy Poehler. Poehler. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. A-hole Ronald. Don't remember him. Evil puppy. Gaseous wiener. That sounds familiar. <laughs> Um, gun toting, uh, a toughie. Anything gun, with uh, sorry, gun, to- ahead, gun toting NASCAR driving Jesus, toughie. Do you remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> that seems right up your alley. I don't remember it specifically, but I feel like I could picture it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the cousin, I guess, of the masturbating bear, the horny manatee. <laughs> horny manatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that that is, was another great kind of thing. I think it was when the tonight when he was getting kicked off the Tonight Show, and he just uh, could spend his budget on anything, and they just bought a giant whale costume. Yeah, I remember. I feel like they got a lot of use out of the whale costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a Quackers, the shit eating duck. <laughs> or no, the. The whale costume was on uh, late night because I think they bought the whale costume. And then the bit was they said, we bought it for this one skit, but we spent so much money on it. NBC said we had to use it more time. So they kept uh, <laughs> shoehorning it into different sketches. Try to get out. Yeah, every time it was like a new character. They had to like have some kind of yeah. whale. <laughs> I, I actually do remember this one reading it. Robot on a toilet. <laughs> yeah. How's uh remember that? Uh another uh another what I would consider one of the top probably three or so recurring bits that Conan had was the Jordan Schlansky stuff, which is probably later than Mike Dell ever watched, because that was more into the the TBS part of things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's not listed. I sadly watched not much of that. I should really go yeah, back. Yeah, he was uh he's a he was an employee who was like a producer on the show. And uh, he's just a very strange person. And I'm sure, like, Conan always stresses that they are not putting on an act. They are not exaggerating anything. This is just exactly what this guy is like. And he's just kind of a weird guy in funny ways that, like, just he's the opposite of Conan. He is a very demure, normal, like, uh, low energy kind of person who also has a bunch of, like, weird hobbies and interests. And uh, Conan would go just uh, in his office with a camera crew and just not tell him they're shooting a bit, not tell him what's going on, and just jump into things. <laughs> yeah, uh, never saw that. Yeah, I'd recommend uh, looking up the Conan Jordan Schlansky stuff because they're pretty good. Uh, Cloppy the Horse. I kind of remember that, <laughs> but I can't remember that. the bit. Do you remember what that was? No. I remember like a dude in a horse, like two guys in a horse costume, doing, but I yep. can't remember what they did. Uh, uh, little Jay Leno. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I do remember that one. That one was pretty great, especially Wait, given I, how everything worked out in the end. Yeah. I saw one yeah. here I wanted to mention. Now I lost it. Um, well, this isn't it, but the pubes guy. I don't remember the pubes guy. <laughs> Uh, stealthy Frankenstein. Vomiting Kermit. 
Oh, here it is. Man with bulletproof legs. Do you remember this? It's <laughs> like a guy. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like jogging shorts on, and he'd yeah. come out, and he'd be running like I got bulletproof legs, and then someone would just shoot him in the chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just tried to watch a little bit of Clappy the Horse. I think he mostly was just trying to kill himself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that was the bit. <laughs> All right. so there it is, Conan O'Brien. Yeah, good times, Conan O'Brien. Uh, do you guys even remember when Craig Kilborn had a show? Yeah, that yeah. show was great. Yeah, I fucking love Craig Kilborn. <laughs> that show was so good. Uh, <laughs> and it just like he just disappeared from all the face of the earth. You know, he just yeah, yeah, he just plane crashers, and then nothing else ever. I, I looked into it a couple years back. I remember because I was like, whatever happened to Craig Kilborn? And then he did some interview where he was just saying, you know, the Hollywood lifestyle, it's kind of weird. And uh, he just got burned out on it and just uh, wanted to get away. So, um, yeah, it's about it. But that show is very good. Uh, Yombo. Remember Yombo? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a big fan of Kilborn. Craig yeah. Kilborn. Yeah. All right, because uh, then Craig Ferguson came in. I never watched him at all. You know, was... No. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird choice to go from one Craig to another Craig but, right away. But I heard people say he was a good. He was good. Like he's a good interviewer and stuff. But I never watched. Him, so no idea. But uh, all right, there you go. Good memories with Conan O'Brien. Good job, Jank. At least uh, one of us gives a fuck about this goddamn show. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. All right, hey Tuffy, is there a Big Brother update? Uh, nothing happened last week. I thought it was supposed to be uh, a double no eviction. Or uh, oh yeah, they had a double eviction, and uh, oh, Cameron something. got evicted, <laughs> and then Jared got evicted, and then neither of them were evicted because they oh, got that's come right. back as zombies. Oh, yeah, you told us this last time. Yeah, the zombie. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, so they were they were back in the house for the week, and then they had a essentially a battle back between the two of them, where um they competed in the competition where you got like a long spoon that's a like a teeter totter, and you gotta you know walk on the one end, put balls in it, walk back, and have them not fall out. And so that dumb thing. And uh, Cameron won that, so then he got to pick whether he competed in the solo competition to decide. Who like if you compete in it and win, you go back in the house. If you compete and lose, the other person goes back in the house. Oh. So uh Cameron competed and he won, so Cameron came back in the house. But they were both in the house for the whole week before that. Alright. I hate when they so, do that. Either you're in or you're out. Yeah. Just have people just wandering around. Yeah, and then uh, Cameron came back and won the HOH, so he's the head of household now. <laughs> Is America excited about that? Uh, I don't know, because Cameron's a bit of a wild card. Hmm. He seems like he might be a psychopath, honestly. But, <laughs> but, he, um, but he's the one who's always in bed with her, right? Am I thinking no, of that's America? Corey. Oh, Cameron. okay, that's why. Corey. <laughs> well, what did Larry call her? Nostrils McGee. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, wow. uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of uh, stuff on Twitter the last couple of days of like, they will not even open the jury house until day 72, which is longer than most seasons of Big Brother. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. They are really hurting for programming. Yeah. No, the rider strikes over. The, yeah, there was a Survivor premiere this week. That was good. Please. No smoke monster. You waited too long, Michael. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Survivor's back, so that's great for an hour and a half, and CBS is just trying to murder me because also the Amazing Race is back at an hour and a half every fucking uh. week. Yeah. I haven't awesome. even watched that yet. Watch more yeah. CBS than a person in their seventies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jank, did you watch anything this week? Um, I did watch two more horror movies. Um, again, I'm not going to be able to top Miles Watson, but I'm trying to watch some other horror movies that I have not seen. Um, and this one, unlike Doctor Giggles, I actually did finish. So, so that's something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which uh, I should mention, uh, I forgot about Dr. Giggles. It's starring uh, show favorite Holly Marie Combs. <laughs> oh, no. <Ooh>. Even, <laughs> even that wasn't enough to keep me watching it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I watched uh, two movies last weekend. One was called May uh, from 2002. I feel like I've seen this poster a billion times on a billion different streaming services. Never actually like clicked on it or, or watched it or anything, but I was like, all right, I guess maybe I'll finally do this. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Not terrible. It was, uh, it was better than I expected. Um, it's basically about this girl. Uh, she's kind of weird. She works at like a veterinarian's office. Um, and she's kind of like the doctor's kind of weird. Like he kind of speaks Spanish. Nobody can understand him. Uh, Anna Ferris is like the secretary there. She's like way into this girl. She's like a lesbian and like she's way into this May girl. Um, <laughs> and she's, yeah. <laughs> May is just like a weirdo who apparently like her, she had some kind of lazy eye when she was a kid and her mom made her wear an eye patch. And so she's very like strange now. She's getting like contacts for the first time, but she, she definitely grew up clearly very, uh, very weird. And she's got like her best friend's like this doll that she keeps in like a glass case, like a really Annabelle type doll that's creepy looking and stuff like that. And, uh, she's like obsessed with this guy that she sees because he has really nice hands. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, that's weird. <laughs> hey, just but, uh, uh, real, yeah, basically, real quick, I want to give everyone a tip out there if you're making a movie. Uh, don't call it uh, the same word that is also a, a month. Because when you Google it up <laughs> to try and find it, like I put in May 2022, just giving you like things of the calendar. I put May movie and it just says movies coming out in May, uh, May 2002 movie or nothing. So, yeah, don't name yeah. a movie after a month. It makes it very hard for people to find it. So Unless it's January Wednesday, then yeah. definitely do that. So I'd like to tell you what this gets on Rotten Tomatoes. I have no idea because I can't fucking find it. So I don't know. Well, if you went to Rotten Tomatoes directly, I'm sure you can yeah, find I it. I guess I will have to do that. <laughs> I just Googles it. Instead of trying to Google it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's, she's strange. Uh, basically, all her attempts at trying to find love keep going horribly awry. Um, and eventually, you know, some murders start happening. Uh, there's a really 
like disturbing scene where she starts to decide she decides she wants to like volunteer at this like school for blind kids. And uh she like brings out her doll, which is like in this case, this like glass case, and uh they're all like, Well it's just a case, we want to see the doll, and they just like kind of stampede it like at her. And she drops the case and like there's this broken glass everywhere, and like all these blind kids are like groping around in the broken glass. And like smearing blood everywhere, and like she starts smearing blood all over her like eyes and stuff like that. It's just like this. This escalated quickly. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was messed up, but um, overall pretty good. Honestly, I kind of liked it. It was weird. There's a lot of like '90s uh, like alternative uh, music. Like the Breeders definitely made a couple of appearances. Oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, it was that's that was always good. It is a very striking poster of uh, yeah, lady. Seventy uh, percent Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's that's pretty decent for yeah, just kind of an indie horror movie. So yeah, kind of liked it. Angela Bettis is the actress. I don't know. Yeah, I think she played Carrie in like the TV movie remake in like the two thousands. That's right. where I knew her from. Uh, what else did you watch? Um, the other one was called Eden Lake. Uh, this was like a British horror thriller movie. Um, again, I think I'd seen this poster somewhere, you know, a bunch of times on different streamers. Just never bothered clicking on it. Uh, Michael Fassbender was in this, I think, before he like had ever done anything else that people would know him from. Um, but uh, especially about a couple. Uh, this British couple, they're going to, on a, like a weekend retreat, like he's gonna propose to her at some point, uh, it's his big plan. But they're going to like this, uh, I guess like an old quarry that, uh, is about to be turned into like condos or something like that. So they're like, this is our last chance to go. It's like, it's so cool because there's like a little lake there and stuff like that. It's gonna be awesome. And, uh, they get there and immediately they kind of run afoul of these like hooligan teens. As you, as you always do. Uh, these kids are, you know, being little dickheads at the beach, like playing their music real loud and like creeping on her and like looking at her all weird and stuff like that. And, uh, it kind of just turns into this whole escalating thing where they, they get into a bit of a beef with these kids and, you know, each side's kind of antagonizing each other more. And eventually the kids just go full psycho on them. And, uh, it's basically like a hunt through the woods of these kids trying to, you know, take this couple out. Um, and, uh, again, pretty good. Um, I'm not going to say it's the greatest movie ever, but it was fairly short. Like, they don't try to believe, like, drag it out into a big epic movie when it's a pretty simple premise. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty good for the most part. It had some good moments, some good kills. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's fair. Hard to give it a bad review. It's pretty effective for like a thriller. <laughs> Let me ask you this though, Jank. In the uh critics' consensus, a brutal and effective British hoodie horror. And that's hyphenated. Hoodie <laughs> oh, horror. Hoodie horror. What does that even mean? I don't know. Some of the kids were wearing hoodies, I guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Other yeah. than that, like yeah. Um hoodie horror. Huh. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I've never encountered that before. I almost had a similar situation shooting hockey this week. Um, really? I was, I was, you know, doing my uh, shots, my hundreds of shots, and here I just hear some hoodlums. 
some uh, some toughs, some young toughs. And there's like uh, four or five of them. They're all in black T-shirts, you know, and uh, all black. Uh, uh, all hoodie, this is hoodie horror. This is what this was. And uh, they just uh, they sat up in the stands there. They weren't bothering me or anything, you know. But they were just sitting up there because there's like stands you can watch uh, hockey, you know. And they were just sitting up there. They're going about their business being teenagers, you know. Uh, there were a couple girls, I think three or four boys, and just uh, being loud and obnoxious, you know. But they weren't directing any of it towards me at all, you know, because they knew better. Because I would just turn my slap shots right on them. <laughs> You'll murder them yeah, like I assume you just uh, hockey balls. opened the car door or showed them all yeah. split hockey balls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just, uh, cause this is right when I'm doing my slap shots. I'm just taking a hundred slap shots. Just hammering the boards. So yeah, every, as soon as they heard that, they're like, oh, don't fuck with that guy, you know? But, uh, <laughs> but I did, yeah, a couple tough. And they were just fine kids, you know? But it was just weird that, uh, kids are, cause this is in the middle of the day. Shouldn't you be at school, young ones? I don't know. Yeah, maybe at school there. They're probably just looking for somewhere to, to smoke their vapes. But, but when I was, uh, did shooting, you, I'm like, I'm like, what? hey, this would be, what if, uh, you know, you always see these horror movies with these kids in their hoodies or whatever. <laughs> like hoodie horror. <laughs> hoodie horror. <laughs> they attack the poor uh, fella shooting hockey. But no, no, it was fine. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't say anything to me. But, uh, yeah, it could, it could have turned ugly, you know. But what can you do? Yeah. All right, so I guess that's what Apparently hoodie, hoodie horror is a subgenre which has often been defined by its portrayal of the working class and underclasses as villains or violent criminals. Oh, like they list that uh, Attack the Block movie that we watched for the show oh. in there. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> it's one movie. of the top. You guys <laughs> love that movie. I I did not care for that at all. I did not. Yeah, yeah that was Tuffy and Larry. I, I thought that was big great. fans of yeah. that. I thought it was a complete waste of time. <laughs> I like the creatures. The creatures were cool looking, uh, fluorescent like lights and stuff. They're fluorescent blood. Yeah, I didn't really watch anything else this week. Uh, Football, wrestling. Hey, Oscar showed up last night. Tuffy, did you watch that? SmackDown? Yeah, she's in a triple threat match now. Yeah. I want to know what she said because she was yelling Japanese, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then Bailey says, oh, is that right, Oscar? All right, we'll put you in a triple threat match now with Eo and Charlotte. And then you hear Eero goes, Eo turns and she goes, she did not say That's that. That's not what she said. <laughs> yeah, she did not say that. <laughs> so I want to know what Oscar actually said. But, uh, yeah. Say, yeah. So that'll be good. I'm guessing EO will win, right? You got to keep the belt. Yeah, on. I'm assuming Bailey's going to say the logic is, hey, in a triple threat match, there's no disqualification, so we can come and, you know, mess around and make sure you keep championship. Yeah, they should keep it on EO. The worst thing they could do is put it on Charlotte right now. Uh, but if you put put it on EO, if she beats Charlotte and Oscar, that again, like, cements her as a player now, you know, like she's, yeah, she's up there. Yeah. So, uh, but I, and I think Kyrie comes back. To WWE next month, I think she's supposed to come back. So, well, I'm guessing somebody's going to be, gonna have to be giving up a belt soon because they signed that Jade Cargill, and I'm assuming it's not for her <laughs> to do nothing. Uh, well, I'm guessing Jade will go to Raw probably because they need people over on Raw. But um, I think with Oscar, Charlotte, EO, Bailey, like they're pretty loaded on SmackDown. Raw's got yeah. Rhea Ripley, who's not even there right now, and Nia Jax, and that's about it. So. Yeah, because Becky's dying. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was people were saying because the Rock came back that day, so he said, "I'll come back." You are Nia Jax, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't yeah. know. That's what really what happened? But uh, yeah, I guess Rhea's been in Australia. Yeah, 
they're playing up that she's hurt. But uh, I don't know. Because I guess WWE has that show going in Australia, uh, Perth. Yeah. Chamber. So I don't know if she's there doing media or whatever, but. Um, That's until like next February. Yeah, I think, but they were doing like a media thing, so I think she, she may uh, have shown up. I know the New Day was over there for a little bit, but I think, I guess she's just having a vacation now or whatever, but. Seems weird that you let your champion have a vacation, but all right, whatever. Well, Roman Reigns hasn't been on TV for about yeah. three months. It feels like at this <laughs> that point, so yeah, that is true. But uh, all right, there's your wrestling update. Oh, there's an NXT uh, event going on right now. No mercy. Yeah. Don't don't tell me anything, Tuffy, if you're gonna, because uh, I'm avoiding. Uh, the- all I know is Carmelo Hayes is fighting uh, Ivan Drago or something. Yeah, Ilya Dragunov. He's very good. He's a very good wrestler. He's like an old school wrestler. Like he's a legit old school kind of wrestler. He he had some amazing yeah. matches with at the Gunther back when he was Walter. That's what they say. Um, yeah, he's very. I guess they both used to wrestle in Germany before they came to WWE. Also, yeah, I think they did know each other over there. Yeah. And Becky's facing uh, Tiffany Stratton in the main event, so I want to watch that. All right. Uh, anything else to discuss? Toffee. Anything. Uh, I mean, I've been heavy into the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild this week. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. This is on the Switch? Yeah. So here's your update on a game that came out like seven years ago. <laughs> well, the only Zelda I know came out 40 years ago, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that game is great. I've been out, uh, you know, riding horses and Catching grasshoppers and, you know, okay. all kinds catching of Catching grasshoppers. It's all the dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most exciting part of games. Yeah. Hey, no, hey, I do, eat, oh, go ahead, I do eat a lot of meat in there, Mike Dell, because you have uh, to cook up food to, you know, fill your hearts. And I am hunting good. a lot of animals and eating their flesh. Yeah. yeah. Fill your heart with plaque and uh, clogging your arteries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that creature in Troll Two. When you said you're catching that grasshoppers, uh, every, when I'm out there shooting hockey every day, uh, we get these bugs now. Apparently, they're called lantern bugs or lantern flies or something. Have you ever heard? Okay. Of those? I've, no. I've been on, I've been on this earth. That like uh, they look like. like did you ever see a their eggs and stuff? Uh, did you ever see a stink bug? Do you know what a stink bug is? Yeah, yeah those things are the fucking worst. Well, they kind of look like a stink bug, but they're bigger. And then when they when they fly, they're all over the deck when I go to shoot hockey. Um, <laughs> so uh, when they fly, they open up their wings like they just jump kind of from place to place. And you, they're like red inside their wings. Um, so that's how you can tell that they're lantern huh. bugs or whatever. I had no idea. I just heard this term for the first time this week because I was just thought they're really big stink bugs like they're on the juice. Yeah, no, apparently they're lantern bugs. And so I, I, I'm a nice guy, you know, so I don't want to, like, run and step on these things. Uh, you so, should, Mike, though, because these things are an invasive species. Oh, really? They uh, present a threat to the state's, to Pennsylvania's grape, fruit tree, and logging industries. Oh, no shit. They're going to commit the next 9-11, and you could have stopped it. <laughs> I know. I'm saving them. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll, like, go over with my stick, and I'll put it on the ground and let them climb up on my stick. And then I'll walk over and, like, knock them out into the grass, you know, over the fence. And the other day I did that. And when I went to put it over the chain link fence there and I went to hit it, here the thing jumped off my blade, came down, and hit me right between the eyes. Bang. Right <laughs> the, right the, I'm like, what the, what? 
guy tried to kill me, and I'm trying to save him. But, uh, yeah, yeah, take those suckers out. Yeah, they're pretty weird. They're, uh, they're big. So, uh, all right, I'll keep an eye out for them. I, but I've never heard the term lantern bug until this year. And then it's yeah. 2019, Penn State estimated statewide costs of the lantern fly to be $100 million in agricultural losses and $260 million for the forestry industry. Holy hell. So you better squash them bugs, Mike Zell. <laughs> yes. Maybe get cracking. I don't know. All right. Uh, anything else, Tuffy? Uh, nothing else on the TV? Um, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I need to watch something. I haven't watched anything. At night, I've been falling asleep to old radio shows still. Uh, Nero Wolf, The Adventures of Nero Wolf. I've been uh, That's one of my favorites. So I've been doing that this week. What's that uh, one about? That's a, he's a detective who never like leaves his house. So he has a guy named Archie that does all his, <laughs> does all his leg work. It's not a lot like me. Oh boy, I guess that's perfect for radio. But, yeah, like he just has the guy come tell him what's happening out there. Oh boy, yeah, or, you should have seen it. Well, Archie, Archie's a uh, you know a smooth talking guy. Likes to chase the ladies, and uh, he's a you know so he goes does all the leg work. Then he reports back to Nero Wolf, and Nero Wolf's got the brain, so he solves everything. And Nero Wolf's a big fat guy, and uh, he just likes to <laughs> likes to eat and drink booze. You know, he likes to have his beers, and uh, he also likes orchids. That's his uh, main thing. <laughs> orchids, and and uh, he's a real famous detective. But they're always like uh, you know hurting for money, and because he always spends the money as soon as he gets it on. He's uh, always fine. eating it. <laughs> yeah, he spends it on fine food and beer and uh, orchids. So they're always like you know <laughs> cutting corners. So uh, they're always looking for cases. I should have called this one fat guys and feeders. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the guy, like, it was on the radio for a very long time. But uh, the ones I like, uh, Sidney Greenstreet plays Nero Wolf, the the fat man from. Uh, yeah. Maltese Falcon. Uh, yeah. Casablanca. He was also in there. But, uh, yeah, so I like Sidney Greenstreet. So I like the old Nero Wolf. But uh, <laughs> what else? Um, that's about it. Just wrestling and footballs and ho- oh, hockey will be soon. You excited? Come on, hockey. For real, um, not in the least. <laughs> playing preseason games already. Uh, Kid Crosby got an assist the other night. I, I don't know if they're playing tonight in his hometown or if that's tomorrow. I can't remember. But uh, so we're getting close, Tuffy. Hey, yeah. Con- Connor Bedard set up an OT winner the other night in the preseason game. Cool. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Cubs are fucking up their chances to make the playoffs. That's something that's happening. I thought I didn't think they even had a chance. I thought they were terrible this year. Uh, coming into the week, well, the last two weeks, last two week, last week they played. Uh, I think the Rockies and another terrible team, and they lost way more of those games than they should have to very bad teams. And then this week they gave away two games to the Braves that they very much could have won. Uh, cause they were ahead. They were in like the third wild card spot because everybody makes the playoffs in baseball now, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they're, they pretty much fucked themselves out of the playoffs now, which is fine probably because I don't want to have to watch the Cubs anymore. I, I heard something the other day. Is, is there a race going on right now where some teams could tie, and then if they do, they have to go back and play one inning that they had postponed earlier <laughs> in the year because of like a rain uh, situation or something? That could be. I don't know. Yeah, they have to resume like one inning. 
<laughs> like wow. they play that out or something. It's like, what? Seems odd. Um, so I don't know. Or the ad executives that came up with that. <laughs> I haven't watched baseball. Yeah, because they don't do. I don't think they do the play-in games anymore when they added the extra wild card because now there's like forty teams in the playoffs. <laughs> you're, you're exaggerating a little bit, though. You know who's not in the playoffs? The Pirates. They're not in the playoffs. No, no, they're not. Yeah, maybe that's who the Cubs played last week and could not beat them for the life of themselves. Well, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, they're like the bears of baseball. The Pirates. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, I guess we're done here. So uh, thanks to Toffee. Thanks to Jank. Good job with that top 11, Jank. And again, uh, Flea Market Fantasy is up there right now. We uh, What's up there now? Kazar. Yeah, Kazar. Yeah. 108 subscribers. So we're, uh, we're taking over the world. And uh, Kazar is up there now. And we recorded one last night with Tuffy. Atari yeah. Force. That's right. Yeah. Atari Force. I forgot. Yeah. That's that was great. <laughs> What's better? Atari sound effects or the effects in uh champions? Uh I like the sounds of champions. Uh, Tuffy, give the audio on champions another try. Come on, give it another one. I hear it all the fucking time because I switch from Bluetooth to my speaker and it comes on and it is the most annoying thing. Very exciting. Hey, on uh, I'm still doing the uh, Marvel Snap. I got Mobius M. Mobius this week. Owen That's Wilson. his name? <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Mobius? <laughs> Mobius. Yeah. God, is his middle name also Mobius? <laughs> I probably am like Mobius Strip. Continue. Uh, but yeah, he's from that Loki TV show, Owen Wilson, you know. So, uh, yeah, I got him. And uh, next wow. month, though, uh, uh, oh, Tuffy, by the way, I think when I saw that we uh, ch- champions chat or whatever, uh, our buddy wants us to watch. Yeah. I think they said zombies are coming back next month again. So, yeah, it's October. Up. I feel like that's that always happens. But next month in Marvel Snap, uh, Elsa Bloodstone is coming in. And yeah. uh, Werewolf by Night, uh, Swamp Thing, or no, Man Thing. Really? Man Thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was yeah, confused. Yeah. Which man these thing? Yeah, man thing. It's just a giant yeah. penis. Just a giant penis. <laughs> uh, the best yes. is there was a comic called Giant Size Man Thing. <laughs> now, right. does, uh, <laughs> does Man Thing fall in the Bronze Age of comic books? Yes, we've done a Man <laughs> Thing issue before. Yeah. Oh, we've already done one. Yeah, we've okay. already done one. But it's just Marvel Swamp Thing and Man Thing came out like weeks apart, and. <laughs> The kind of a roommates, right? The yes, creators, very. They were roommates <laughs> at one time, but they they've never really said if one stole it from the other one. But either way, a yeah, swamp things at DC, man things at Marvel, and uh, yeah, man thing. And there's another character because they usually release four. So uh, I'll, I'm excited. Uh, I like Elsa Bloodstone though. I'll try and get Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah. So there's your Marvel Snap update. But uh, I guess that's it. But uh, next week, I don't know. Tuffy's going to pick a winner. Shocktober starts. Yeah, I got one. I'm. Uh, I got to give it a look see before I can officially call this. <laughs> yeah. It's an hour forty minutes, <laughs> it so it cannot be. There's a yeah. there's a threshold we got to meet for an hour forty minute movie. Yes. I know that. <laughs> At least twenty boobs. Yeah, if it's an hour forty minutes. <laughs> but, so, well, IMDb does describe the sex and nudity as severe. So <laughs> well, yeah. there you go. I think that'll count. All right. Although, so then, 
Yeah, yeah one of the uh, listed things is a scene in which a group of hobos essentially play football for a while with a severed penis as the man to whom the penis belongs runs after it. <laughs> oh, man, this sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a list. Yeah, I'm research. pretty sure this is the pick, but uh, <laughs> right. I'll let you guys know for sure. Yeah, if anyone's this. By the way, remember last week I said, do you think anyone listens to this part of the show? Our buddy Tom Buck 2 said he listens yeah, to this part of Tom the Buck show. Yeah, Tom Buck 2 does. One person. Yeah. So Tom Buck 2 would have just heard that story about the hobo and the severed penis. <laughs> He's probably the only one listening to the start of the show, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. And then two weeks later, we'll be back. But until then, pass the Monty Chi, Governor Gabby. Thank you very much.